How often do you think it is that the Urukai get a really big old knee slapper by saying, What do you think? I was born yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> is that like the most popular Urukai joke? I would guess so because they were born yesterday. They were literally born yeah, yesterday. So like the first person, first Urukai to come up with the joke would be like, I'm a goddamn genius. But then like all the other Urukai would be like, right, okay. We'll say that too, I guess. Yeah. Because it made others laugh and I got more maggoty bread. They were very reasonable people. Very <laughs> rational Urukai, people. Very Urukai. reasonable, rational. Just, you know what? Good people, honestly. I'm just honestly getting my head spinning in the Lord of the Rings jokes sort of realm because yeah. fucking Return of the King is coming this December. It is coming we know this it is. December. and uh, Coming like Christmas. Did you see Elijah Wood said that uh, that like deformed... Rukai general guy or orc general from the third one was yeah, based yeah. off Harry Harvey Weinstein. No. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yes, it is. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him. And fuck that orc. Yeah. He wasn't a very nice guy. He wasn't very nice. Let's be honest. No. I think he had lived probably a pretty hard life. It did look like he had, yeah, because he was like all burned and mangled and yeah. stuff, and one of his hands didn't really work well. He had some city miles on him. He did. City <laughs> he miles did. on that orc right there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Welcome, dead and lovely listeners, hey. to the newest installment of your favorite horror movie review podcast, because it's the only one. That's the true. The only one. There's yeah, only one. I, I mean... I'm sure it's, I mean, it's October, so people are probably searching for horror movie podcasts, and of course, the only one is coming up, and they're like, huh, that's weird. Why would no one else think to do this? Yeah, because they're not as smart as us. That's it. That's We're the it. smartest ones. We're the smartest ones. Mm -hmm. We did it. We're fart We're smellers. Guys. That's us, man. Mm -hmm. Here with the host of the most, it's me, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we are here today to be talking about... Halloween, mm -hmm. but which one? Wait, Halloween 1978? Wait, hang on. Halloween Rob Zombie? Bobby Zed? Wait, hang on. Halloween 2018? Yep. There's too many damn movies called Halloween. There are, but it is Halloween 2018. That's what yeah. we're going to be talking about. And uh, we did a mini episode on this uh, that was spoiler free mm -hmm. way back whenever it came out in 2018. Yeah. On today's episode, we're going to be deep diving, spoiling the shit out of it. Yeah. I mean, hell, it's a three year old movie. Yeah. If, if it's getting spoiled for you now, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, what is what is getting spoiled? Michael Myers kills people. He does. Look what at if you, spoilers. What if somebody was listening right now and just threw their fucking God headphones damn down? It. Does he? What? You didn't warn me or nothing. I did, I thought it was going to be like the Great British, British Baking Competition. I thought they were just going to be nice to each other. <laughs> yeah. I thought they were going to paint <laughs> Easter eggs. Hey, Michael, remember when you tried to kill me? It's all right. And then they like just hold hands and skip through a field. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would watch that still. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be fun. But we're going to be busting this thing wide open, giving you a big old spoilery review because mm -hmm. we got old Halloween kills coming out the week that this episode comes yeah, out. Yeah, a couple days after this this drops, you'll be able to see it either in, in theater or on Peacock. What you going to do? Peacock. Yeah? yeah you going to be not, peacocking? Yeah. You going to be like The Bachelor, just peacocking? Right <laughs> yep. Much like... A bachelor out there peacocking, trying to uh, uh, do some of that uh, negging or whatever. Is that the move? Yeah. What What was that? The pickup artist dude. The mystery or something? Do you remember this from <laughs> yeah, like the two? I do. What the fuck? God <laughs> damn it. That was the worst. <laughs> it sounds like a terrible era for humanity that stuff in still general. That shit he said still goes around on the internet. Hey, like, it still works. <laughs> huh? 
I'll quit peacocking when it quits working. Dress like an asshole, act like an asshole, get laid. Although it is making me think that like at the very first of this movie, Michael Myers is going to like spin around and like hand a rose out at the camera, do something romantic like that. It's like, damn, Myers peacocking. I'm kind of. That would be cute. It would be cute. If he blew a kiss. Aww. There's a little mask. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a little bit at odds myself as to like, you know, part of me is like, God damn, I had such a fun time watching 2018 in the theaters. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't get to watch Halloween Kills last year because 2020. Right. Uh, there's part of me that's just like, this seems like the greatest idea for Halloween, just to go and watch this movie in theaters and right. stuff. And there's part of me that's like, I don't know, staying home and watching it on my couch with some, uh, some celebratory beverages yeah. and stuff like that. That sounds kind of nice, too. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm down for. That's what I wanted to do last year. Right. Like, last year, man, 2020, the year that everything was literally the worst. Yeah. And there was this, like, glimmer of hope that it was just like, maybe they'll give us Halloween this year, and I can at least watch it at home. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, nah, no. Please, sir. More Halloween. May I have some Halloween, please? More? Oi. Get on out of here, then. You'll get crumbs, and you'll love it. Come you got a snipe. You old gutter snipe chimney sweep. <laughs> yeah. Brigand. That's, yes, that's what happened. They told us that. They told us that. Yeah, that was in an official, like, release. Uh-huh. <laughs> Typed out. Yep. It said, read using accurate British accent, and that's how we did that's it. That's how we did it. Exactly so, yeah. how we did it. So, like, last year, I was so excited. Just the thought of just, like, I'll at least be able to have some part of Halloween. Yeah. You know, I'm not having a party. I'm not going out and do anything. I'm not going to theaters. At least I'll be able to do that. So there's part of me that, you know, is here in 2021, and I'm like, I kind of want to do it that way, because that's what I wanted last year. Mm-hmm. But then, okay, so as far as, like, the theater-going thing, do I want to sit in a crowded theater shoulder-to-shoulder with strangers? Right. No, I don't. No. But also, I'll tell you this, and I'll, I'll get into more of this whenever we're talking about what we uh, watch this week and stuff. I did go and see a movie this week mm-hmm. at 1 p.m. on a Thursday, yeah, good time to go, honestly. Dude, yeah. and like there was literally us and one other person in the entire theater. Yeah. So I'm awesome. like, I could go to a theater and not be breathed on by people and yeah. that's fine. I mean, it's even possible. when we did Candyman. Yeah, we were group, the only group there. Yeah, yeah. there was nobody there. Mm-hmm. So it was not a big deal. But then I'm like, do I want to watch this in the middle of the fucking day on Thursday? No, I want to watch yeah, that this does like kind of ruin the feel. At nighttime yeah. on a Friday or something like that. That's when I want to go see it, but that's also when I don't want to be in a theater. Yeah, I so yesterday at the gym, a guy came in and was coughing his head off. Oh, I've heard this one before. This is a Mitch Buttberg joke, isn't it? Yeah. This guy came in and was coughing his head off. <laughs> I was like, oh, who, who are you? The Sleepy Hollow dude? <laughs> I couldn't come up with anything. Sorry. Ironically, the funniest Mitch Buttberg joke yeah, I've ever real. heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he, he came in. He was just coughing his head off. Ew. Just fucking openly, too. Just Dude, not covering anything. The nothing. people that aren't even fucking covering a cough or a sneeze at this point, it's just like, what the fuck is the matter with you? Yeah, that's exactly what went through my head as I left the gym. Even Ugh. though he was 30 feet away from me, I did not want to be in the same building with this dude. Gross. It, what the fuck? Oh my anyway, God, man. so yeah, that that's that just cemented in my head. I am not going to the theater. Gotcha. Yeah. I hope that after we both watch it, we can do like a mini-sode or something yeah. on it. I think that we totally should. I think we should, too. So maybe that'll be coming out here soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to get straight onto our review of 2018's Halloween, you can uh, follow the timestamp for that in the podcast yep, description. Right 
But you're going to miss the fun stuff. You are. Like me talking about getting a jury summons. Woo! Hey! <laughs> Don't miss that one right there, buddy. Yeah, I got a jury <laughs> summons. I've never done jury duty. I haven't either. Okay, no. so I am um, not excited about this. Oh, come on. Why not, dude? So I, basically, you're on call to be a jury member for two weeks. That's sick. This is something important. This is a life yeah. and death decision. You're serving your time. You're doing your part. I got okay. So I got the letter on October fourth. It said the deadline was October fifth when I got the letter. Oh, nice. And then I had to choose from next week or two weeks from now. Uh, covering the time through Halloween, and I was like, well, uh, the day after Halloween, I'm going to be hungover, and if they call me in, I'm just going to get fucking a fine and maybe put in jail, so I'll go with next week, and so this week that this comes out, I may be sitting in a fucking jury room from 8 in the morning to 4.30 at night, (laughs) 4.30 at night, to me, for some reason... 4.30 4.30 is nighttime. I don't know why. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> but 8, 8 to 4.30, just sitting there, I guess, listening to traffic cases or Probably. whatever. It's yeah. not even grand jury stuff, so it's not going to be, like, interesting stuff. I mean, what, though, if you if you went to your jury duty and stuff and you were just the fucking class clown, you sit down on a whoopee cushion. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you have some fucking uh, stink bombs. What if I only talk in Mitch Buttberg voice? Yeah, maybe they'd be like, you know what? <laughs> Leave and never come back, like Gollum style. Yeah, yeah, Gollum style. I've thought about, you know, because like, it seems like you could get out of, of jury duty somehow, but they seriously, like, I looked at the list of exemptions, and it was like, it had this long list of exemptions, and one of them was breastfeeding mother, and next to it was an X. Wait, hang on. You get out if you are breastfeeding no, your, you own, don't. your own mother? No, you don't get out if you're... You cannot get out if you are a breastfeeding mother. They had a list of things to tell you what you couldn't get out for. Oh. The only thing you could get out for was military service. That oh, was come it. on. So if you, if you got a kid at home, you, you just spurt it out of your puss, you, you can't feed it. You got to bring that thing just hooked onto that titty. I guess so. I don't know what the fuck you're supposed to do anyway. So I'm not happy about this. And it, it seriously, like I am eight in the morning. That's when I go to bed. You just are to go and enlist. Get yourself <laughs> out of it. What do you think? What's the worst that could happen? You get a job, an education? Come oh, on. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's uh-huh. the worst that could happen to you. Yeah, the worst that could happen to you is uh, you get a, a really shitty high-interest loan on a Dodge Charger when you get to the base. USA. 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 <laughs> or you marry the first woman you meet at a bar. Hey, man, Top Gun made it all seem pretty cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Playing all that volleyball, did, yeah, the volleyball with them sweaty boys. The, the, butt, the butt pats. Playing uh, with the boys. Just hanging out in the locker room, just gnashing teeth at each other. Yeah, wearing towels. <laughs> wearing towels. Mm, clicking teeth at each other. I haven't seen Top Gun in a while. It is massively homoerotic. Yeah, I was massively. Say, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that was all intentional, right? Like, it, There's no way it, it has, wasn't. It has to be. Right. Nothing wrong with that. No. It's, uh, it's a great movie as far as I remember. Goose Dies? No. Spoilers. Oh, shit. Sorry. Spoilers <laughs> for a movie from 1985. Figure review. <laughs> Next week, it's just like, I listen to hear their opinions on whether or not I should watch Halloween 2018, <laughs> and they spoil Top Gun. Damn it. 
Zero stars. Goo! I am upset. <laughs> I was really looking forward to watching Top I'll Gun. I'll put it in the description. Top Gun spoilers. Top Gun spoilers <laughs> ahead. Viewer, beware. You're in for yep. a scare. There's a there's a scene where they put food and sex together in a way that I just don't comprehend. Yeah. yeah. I don't get it. I like I, I feel like it's a movie trope. Maybe somebody listening right now can be like, no, 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 dude. I fucking I put bacon in my butthole or whatever. <laughs> like, but I don't I don't ever think. Like, I mean, are you telling me you've never eaten a deep, a deep dish pizza off of a tit? Because <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You're not living. <laughs> Just put some beef stroganoff right into her belly button. <laughs> eat that out. Dude, I made a beef stroganoff the other night. Oh, yeah. That was fucking so good. I man. bet it was amazing, but I bet it was the opposite of sex in many ways. I mean, it was hot. Yeah. Okay. It was hot, and it was um, salty. Actually, you know what? I bet when you stir it, it made some sex noises. It, you know, it's not macaroni a pot. It did <laughs> kind of do that. <laughs> and uh, there was wine involved. So, All right, okay, never mind. Beef stroganoff and hot, sex sexy are food. pretty much the same. <laughs> Plus just that name. Ooh, I'm stroganoff, baby. <laughs> like, it's really a very erotic food, right? I'm stroganoff. I'm stroganoff, baby. Okay, yeah. uh, yes, you know what? I am convinced now. And uh, hey, Emily, when you hear this, food get ready love. for some beef stroganoff. Mm, that's mm. right. Ooh, give me some of that cream, Ooh. that sour cream. Ooh, it's really good. I basically use Sam the Cooking Guy on YouTube's recipe. A few little tweaks yeah. and stuff. Oh my god, it's so. I good. like stroganoff, dude. When you make it for real and it's not just like yeah. hamburger helper, which right. P.S. Not even shaming that little glove no. man. No, because if you're broke, like I was for yeah. a very, very, very fucking long time. Hey, it's still pretty good. I'll tell you what. You can zazz it up and make it pretty good. I still right. make my own hamburger helper from time to time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just from scratch. Just to Do you ever think hamburger, hamburger really gets insulted, though? And it's just like, you think I need help? <laughs> I don't need your help. <laughs> you some bitch. I'm hamburger. <laughs> I don't need your help. <laughs> That emphasis. I'm hamburger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you like, hold like a door open for an old person or something. They're yeah. kind of insulted, like right. Yeah, it's like, like I I'm, can get it. I'm fine. I can fucking put my own groceries yeah. in my car. Whipper snapper. <laughs> I bet hamburger gets pretty offended every. Now I would and then. imagine, but also hamburger helper came from the 80s, and I don't know if you remember. For some reason, I remember ground beef in the 80s not being very good. And maybe that's yeah. because everybody always way overcooked it. That's why. Yeah. Maybe. And they also always drain the fat and stuff. And it's well, like, you don't oh, want the flavor is... and you don't want yeah, to feel full later. Yeah. So. yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> I, f- I feel like it was lower quality, but maybe it was just that n- nobody knew how to cook in the 80s. Review next week reads, I signed on to see if I should watch Halloween 2018. They spoiled Top Gun and then just talked about burger. <laughs> One out of five stars. <laughs> Would not recommend. P.S. More talk about burger. More talk about burger. <laughs> Seemed offended in the name of burger. <laughs> what? All right. Okay. I don't know how to take this, but okay. I mean, I can't even argue with the guy, that honestly. That is true. We More did burger. All yeah. of that stuff. <laughs> well, one day that hamburger won't need any help of its own. Oh, you imagine. Who, buddy? One of these days. Yeah. <laughs> you been watching anything good this week, man? Yeah. Yeah, I have. I've been trying to, you know, get fully into the Halloween spirit. You're getting in that spirit. How are yeah. you doing that? 
Uh, I watched the Scream movies. S cream. S cream. That's short for sour cream. Yep. S cream. Scream. Uh huh. <laughs> I watched the sour cream movies, and I gotta tell you, Stroganoff was the best one. They kept talking about Stroganoff. <laughs> Uh, they no. call scream sour cream and i don't really know why i don't think they I know anything about horror i clearly don't know what they're fucking talking about yeah um scream man i i i think i watched scream also last october i yeah. got into and like it it's it's cemented in my mind that scream is perfect for transitioning into the Halloween season. It's a horror movie lover's horror movie. Exactly. It's kind of like Cabin in the Woods in that way, where you're like, it's made for us. Yeah, and so watching it was just like, yeah, I love these movies, even though, like, I don't, I like, I love the Scream franchise, and I love each of the movies individually, but I really only like one and four, like, a lot. Yeah. Two and three, I'm way more lukewarm on, but... I can't watch them without watching them all. Yeah, it's kind of hard to stop, yeah. right? Yeah, the first one is still just a fucking jewel. I yeah. love that movie so much. Mm-hmm. Did we do Scream 2 last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when we did it, and I was just like, eh. Yeah, too eh. many twists. Too yeah, twisty. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I don't remember 3. 3 we haven't done, and we, we need to do it. It's it's silly. I, I think I liked it more watching it this time than I've ever liked it before. I, I, I just love those movies, so it's I, I think I have so much nostalgia for them that I can't be I can't, Why can't be I quit you, sour cream? Yeah, <laughs> I can't quit you, you sour cream movies. What about Scriforum? Scriforum, I like Scriforum a lot. Is that yeah. the one that... No, no, the one that has the big like play at the end is two. That's what yes. we did. Yeah, uh, Scriforum is the one with uh, Emma Roberts uh, and Hayden Panettiere and... Uh, some other, other people. attractive yeah, people. Yeah, other, other people you'll recognize. Other homely, plain yeah, people. Yeah, that Emma Roberts. She's so hard to look so at. So plain. <laughs> yeah, no, but fuck. If you haven't seen Scream 4... I think uh, I have. G- give her a watch. If you have, give her a rewatch. Maybe another one. Yeah. And they got another one coming out, too, don't they? They do. It's like coming out in January. So January? Yeah. Ooh, that's usually where like movies go to die. I think maybe they've postponed it thinking corona will be less bad then but it feels like they should have it out in october uh yeah i mean this you know stiff competition with with halloween kills coming out that's easily gonna maybe be the biggest that's one it. this year but maybe that is it they don't want to try to compete yeah but put it out in fucking november i mean january okay january is either a dump month for bad movies or the month you release a movie you think is going to be up for awards maybe because you want to be like right there on their minds when they're voting. I don't think they're thinking Scream 5 is going to win <laughs> awards, though. And the so. Oscar goes to. <laughs> so, yeah. Sour Cream 5. Yeah, the Jan- seeing the January date did make me go like, ooh, do they not think this is good? <laughs> uh, but we'll find out. They got cool yeah. people working on it and shit? Yeah, I think we talked about it uh, uh, on VHS. The Yeah, 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 that's right. Doing it. I can't yeah. Remember. But yeah. It, it's being handled by some peeps. Some people who've done some good stuff. And the same dudes that did like Ready or Not and shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a little bit of hope there. Yeah, there's some hope for that. Right on. So, yeah. Scream. Check it out. Also, watched the Netflix show, Mike Flanagan's Midnight Mass. Oh, Midnight Ass. Midnight Ass. Hell yeah. I've heard it's yeah. hot and steamy. Mm-hmm. 
It's dark too. Ooh, yeah, can't even midnight. see what hole that's is going that into. Ass? Is that an ass or is it not? Is that an ass or is that somebody like just holding their their bicep kind of closed and it's real close and it looks like maybe that's a butt? It might be the singer of Right Said Fred and Vin Diesel's heads right next to each other. <laughs> I don't know. I hope that is it. Maybe that's what Wait, it is. Isn't the Right Said Fred guy like a neo Nazi now? Oh or fuck! Are you serious? <laughs> I don't know. Whoa. Okay, I'm gonna retract that. Slander, slander. That was a question, not a statement. Statement. <laughs> this is gonna be like quote on Twitter. Like, but I mean, let's just go ahead and break down his name. Right said Fred. Ooh. Right. Okay. I see what's going on here. Alt right said. Alt right said. <laughs> now that is a fucking fake band we need to create. Yes, alt right said Fred. <laughs> I'm too sexy for the libs. So sexy for the libs. <laughs> yeah. I think alt right said Fred needs to happen. And if right said Fred is not terrible, I didn't even say you were, so where are you getting that from? <laughs> getting real testy, right, uh, said Fred. Too sexy for this vaccine. Too sexy <laughs> for this vaccine. Let's go storm a capital. I'm too sexy for a Prius. Too sexy for a Prius. I drive my big ass truck. <laughs> I shake my little tush on the lamestream media. <laughs> Alt-right said Fred. After they finished talking about burger, they talked about <laughs> alt-right said Fred for like five minutes. I like That's that not this even person real is band. going back to review yeah, over and edit, over. Edit, edit, edit. edit. <laughs> Adding to my review, this is a train wreck of a podcast. <laughs> Uh, Midnight Mass. So Okay, Midnight Mass. It's so, I, very Mike Flanagan. A lot of people on the group have been talking about it. Yeah. I've not watched it yet. It's, it's very Mike Flanagan, but... Um, so I've, lots of homely brunettes around. <laughs> Well, he hates him, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. We we got his wife in there, Kate Siegel, gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then also Annabeth Gish is in there. Um, yeah, you're right. Yep, brunettes all over the place again. Anyway, yeah. Um, it's 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 Mike Flanagan-y, So sad. Has sad. Has sad. Also has you know some pretty profound like speeches and conversations and stuff that Loves don't the monologue. Sound- yeah, they don't necessarily sound like how people talk, but if you're into Flanagan, and I am, I like him. Um, I, I think if you're into Mike Flanagan's stuff, you're going to like this. It is way better than Bly Manor, which you know kind of shit I the bed for it. me. Yeah, um, I think I didn't love House on Haunted Hill. Yeah, I was gonna say it, Haunting of Hill House. Haunting whatever, of Hill House. Shit. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say I think it's it's different than Haunting of Hill House, so I'd give it a chance. But for me, level of quality, I, I think they're both solid. But you didn't like Hauntingville House. This is different, though, in a lot of ways, because it's not based off of another property. It's something he's written himself. It feels very kingy, because that's kind of his thing. But it also is different. I, I don't want to say too much about it, because I was very surprised by the direction it went. Yeah. But it is, it's, a, it's very religious-centric. But like very questioning of religion and I like where that's going. Yeah. Okay. And and I think you know it ends up having a real good statement about religion and the afterlife and stuff like that. So I I recommend it. It is long. Like each episode is like an hour, and there's seven episodes. Woof. But I I feel like that's kind of Mike Flanagan's wheelhouse. Is he? We talked about this in Doctor Sleep. Like the longer version of Doctor Sleep was better. Not necessarily like you have to see it that way, 
But it did just, it felt more like a consistent television miniseries. It did, yeah. And I think that's kind of where he fucking shines. I feel like it's a television miniseries. Yeah. He likes to sprawl out. And Can't if, fit if him in like, a sleeping bag. If you like his type of thing, seven hours of it is, it's pretty great. I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed the show. So. Well, maybe I'll give it a chance. Maybe watch the first episode or something to see if it seems like something that's yeah. up my alley. But yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of hit and miss of that guy. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it is very Mike Flanagan. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Mainly because every time I see the guy, I'm just like, you're just hanging around me because I'm a pretty brunette. That is it. That's the only reason yeah. you're talking to me. <laughs> my eyes are up here, mister. I say. He's staring at your hair. Yeah. He's like, oh, what? oh, what? oh, what? oh. What do you mean? Hey, oh, hey, oh. hey. Right here, sir. Right here, sir. <laughs> uh, also on uh, the screaming chat, we watched The Deadly Spawn. I've never seen it, but I know of it. And I know it's got like a rubber monster and I probably should watch it. You should watch it. Yeah. yeah. Deadly Spawn. Rub your rubber monsters all over the place. Rub your monster. Rub your monsters. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just very, um, like, effects heavy, story light. 80s stuff. It's a good balance in my book. Yeah, I, I'd say, yeah, sit and noodle on a guitar or, you know, fuck around on your phone, look up every once in a while. It's a solid movie. Okay. <laughs> Sounds up my alley, man. Uh, and then on Ice Cream Sunday, we watched Hellfest, which is written by the writer of Malignant. Oh, uh, really? Akila, can't remember her last name. I think I played Hellfest one time. Open up for that Power Man 5000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That record still fun. Yeah, it's right. The stars of Volt. That's that could end up on a Halloween playlist. Absolutely, yeah. This is fun, man. Um, but Hellfest is one of those. What if you went to a haunted house, but somebody was actually killing people? Premises. That sounds cool. Yeah, those movies are generally just like cool um, kills. And that's what this had. Hellfest has cool kills. Is it new or old? Came out in like 2018, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, pretty recent. Okay. It's worth a watch. Um, it it's it, worth throwing on and okay. not paying yeah. too much attention to, and just paying attention to the kills. Got Tony Todd in it. Okay. For, briefly. Cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. I mean, it, it really is just like. Not bad is what I would call it, but not good mm. in any way. Word, man. Yeah. Run on, man. So you've had yourself a good old week of watching stuff. Yeah. I've also caught quite a few flicks this week. and more oh, yeah? than More than I usually do for sure, man. I think just kind of, especially in kind of like the, you know, post my dad's funeral and stuff yeah. like that. I have definitely been in the zone where I'm like, I just would like to turn my brain off. Yeah. I've not really been very productive or anything this week. It's actually it. very fortunate that I just happened to have accidentally built up a little YouTube backlog. So yeah. I already had stuff that was done to like release. Awesome. Uh, so I've just been kind of taking it easy on myself this week and just watching some garbage and okay. some good stuff, some Let's good stuff and it. some trash, man. Um, I watched Dead and Buried the other night on Dead Shutter. Dead and Buried. It's okay. like a early '80s movie, kind of a slow yeah. burn, kind of atmospheric and stuff. Okay. Dude, it's pretty fucking cool. Okay, it's pretty. Damn I have cool. not seen it. Honestly, I'm having a hard time coming up with anything I would like compare it to to give you an idea of okay. what the movie is like. I think that would immediately be very spoilery if I told you it's kind of uh, okay. like this movie or that movie. So it's it's got some stuff that happens that could be spoiled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like a little bit, it hinges a little bit on a twist. Okay. And if I give it away or tell you what it reminds you uh, uh, reminds me of, it probably spoil it whenever you do watch it. Okay. But I would recommend it. Pretty fucking cool movie. Some 80s Slow coolness. Slow burn, not like super action-packed. It feels very late 70s. Okay. 
Uh, but very cool. I like that movie a lot. We watched Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark the other day. Okay, what would you think about it? Dude, okay. So this is something I've been wanting to talk to you about because I, having never read the fucking book, right. I have no attachment to the to the property and the franchise right. it's based on. So I was just watching it as a movie. I don't know what it did right or what it did wrong. Uh-huh. I enjoyed it. It was fine. It's not the best right. or anything like that, uh, but I... I thought it was kind of okay. I like the whole framing narrative of it's like, it's not really an anthology. It's kind of like this book sort of writes the stories and then those things start happening to the people in right. the movie. I thought that was kind of a cool way to set up all the different, you know, kills and monsters and stuff like that. But again, I don't know. Maybe it's completely garbage compared to the book. I think it is garbage compared to the book, but what, okay. So what, it, what irritated me about it mm-hmm. is that, it obviously seemed cash grabby in that if they wanted to make a an anthology horror movie based off of stories in scary stories to tell in the dark they would could have made a really good anthology seems like it would have been pretty easy to but do that but anthologies don't make hundreds of millions of dollars no huh and they wanted to make hundreds of millions of dollars so they made a movie that would do that, and it loosely brings in the story, but it just loses all the tone for me. See, it, it to me reminds me of, like, how are you describing this? Reminds me of how I felt about, like, World War Z. Okay. Where yes. whenever I watched it, I was like, okay, this has fuck all to do with the book. Right. But if they would have made it like the book, it probably wouldn't have made a lot of money right. and had Brad Pitt. And that's Pitt what they wanted like to do was make a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. But I know plenty of other people that are just like, yeah, I've never read the book, but I liked the movie. It was cool. Yeah. Big piles of zombies running on each other. Fun. Whatever. <sighs> I haven't watched World War Z. I watched... Okay. It's I okay. started watching it one time, and I think I turned it off after about 20 minutes or so. Yeah. I just couldn't. To me, it... Ugh. The zombies don't want a party is the biggest problem. Yeah, and I like a party zombie. Do you want a party? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I do. I like a Return of the Living Dead party zombie. Give me them punk rock party mm-hmm. zombies, man. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, Scary Stories, I thought it was fine. Like, the effects and stuff were okay. I thought it looked... The effects did look good. Very Halloween-y. That's the thing that yeah. I liked about it the most, man, is that mm-hmm. it just looked very, like, yeah. spooky, dreary October. It just yeah. kind of had the right look to it. Almost like... Not to the extent of like trick or treat or anything like that, mm-hmm. but kind of like how that whole movie just yeah. looks like Halloween. Yeah. Scary Stories did that for me. Okay. So I was okay with it. I'll have to give it another chance sometime. I didn't even finish it. I just got yeah. so frustrated with it. it. It seemed like, I mean, if you the thing is, if you read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, it is these very short vignettes, um, but they're just so like, they they have such a similar tone throughout that it feels like, there's this fleshed out world yeah yeah and i can imagine another way of doing it where it's not an anthology but bringing in i i know they're kids books but bringing in kids as part of the framing narrative annoyed me because the books don't try to be kids books word they don't bring in a child to be the the like narrator or anything or you're like way into the world they just show you this crazy fucked up world and expect kids to understand it and be scared by it. Right on, man. Uh, but again, it's made by the people who did Troll Hunter, right? Oh, is it? I thought so. Oh. The guy who did Troll Hunter? I believe so. I'm not okay. positive. 
Right on. Well, I enjoyed it. Maybe ignorance is bliss indeed, so. you know? <laughs> uh, also turned on Bram Stoker's Dracula the other night while, mm-hmm. while we were eating some stroganoff. Very sexy. <laughs> very, very sexy. You know how it yeah. is. You yes, know how I it do. is. Still just fucking love that movie. I am sure I will watch it at least two or three more times by the yeah. time like Halloween gets here. Okay. That's just one I just fucking put on, man. Mina. Mina. I have crossed oceans of time. Yeah, that's the one. And fucking canoe. It is the man himself. He's grown young. <laughs> like I can't get enough of that, man. He's grown young. It is the man himself. I love it. It's I like, fucking love that. It's movie. like Keanu was in Dario Argento's version. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about while I was watching though? I was like, man, considering that the whole movie has this like commitment to being like nineteen twenties right. accurate and shit. I wonder if part of the thought process was just like, how would these silent film actors sound if you could hear what they were saying as they were overacting for well, the that, camera? That and was shit? the end of a lot of silent film actors' career was <laughs> yeah, sound. Ain't good because their their voices were not good for it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that was maybe even part of what they were trying to like channel into that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I just think it's fucking weird, and it I is. love it more for it. So yeah. I'll always watch that one every fucking year. Uh, also watched in the theaters there. We went and saw The Many Saints of Newark, the okay. uh, Sopranos movie, prequel Sopranos movie prequel, that came yeah. out. Dude is fucking good. Awesome. It's fucking good, man. Okay. I mean, it's also like really good timing that just a few months ago I finished watching The Sopranos for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. So it's still like very near and dear to my heart, and I still have all those characters in my head and stuff. So this was like, yeah, totally the right time, right place for me to mm-hmm. see this. The casting and stuff is a fucking 20 out of 10. So good. Um, do they have, like, is Big Pussy in there? Yep. But he's Little Pussy at yeah, that point. Yeah, I was going to say, do they call him, like, Young kid, Puss. Young Puss. Or, <laughs> yeah, like. The guy playing him is awesome. Dude, mm-hmm. the guys playing Young, like, uh, like Sill and stuff are mm-hmm. just so fucking good. Okay. The guy playing Younger version of Junior Soprano is awesome, man. All right. It's really, really, really fucking okay. good. And I think old um, Farmiga, uh, Vera Farmiga. Oh, she's in it? I think it's her, if I'm not mistaken. I meant to check the cast list, but it looks a lot like her. But maybe I'm wrong. But maybe I'm we'll pretty get, sure. Maybe we'll get BuzzFeed maybe on we'll that. we'll get old, old BuzzFeed on, on there, man, to check this thing out. Uh, but yeah, I was very satisfied. And I think it's worth saying this isn't like really a spoiler, and I think it might help some people enjoy it more. Mm-hmm. The whole thing is not about young Tony Soprano. Okay. I think a lot of people had the impression that it's like the story of young Tony Soprano. He's just another character in there, honestly. Yeah. It's not just about him. He is a part of the story and everything, but he's actually not the main character. What's what's that, Fuzzbeat? Oh, Fuzzbeat? Oh, she, she, is, she is in it. It's oh, her? Thank, yeah. Thank you, Fuzzbeat. Okay, so he did confirm. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Fuzzbeat. Get back to your corner. Okay, All thanks. Right. Thank just you. Lay down on your rug. Okay, good boy. All right, you're fine. You got your oh, you got your little comic books over there. Oh, he's how fine. Cute. That fuzz. Beat. He's got his cider. <laughs> his comic books and his cider. He loves his cider with his comic books. Just sipping all the time. <laughs> just sipping on. Don't spill it on your comic books now. Damn it, Fuzzbead. <laughs> but yeah, really did enjoy it, man. And uh, in preparation for our review today, I also watched through a bunch of those Halloween movies. Oh yeah. Witchens. Let's hear it. I watched Halloween Trace. Okay. Fun time. Season of the Brujera, mm-hmm. as they say in Espanola. Mm-hmm. I watched Halloween 4. Okay. I watched Halloween 5. Okay. I started Halloween 6. Oh, no. 
And I'm here to tell you, man. Okay, I do. We do love three here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three's awesome. This is a safe space for Halloween three. It's yeah. fucking great. Mm-hmm. Man, these Halloween movies are not good. No. I'm going to need a drink before we yeah. proceed any further. You know what? And in honor. Hey, that's right. In honor of, of Dick Warlock, who played uh, Michael Myers in part two. And also, there were Warlocks in part three. That's true. Tons of them. We're, we're drinking a Southern Tier Brewing Company Warlock Imperial Pumpkin Stout. I'm so excited for this, man, because, you know, we did the, uh, the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And it was like, this is the best fucking pumpkin beer ever. And then we did the pumpkin cold brew nitro, and we were like, actually, this is the best one. And I think we're, I know, if if there is one better than that, it's going to be mind-blowing, because that one was mind-blowing. I'm telling you. I mean, dude, if there is anything better than that. Ooh, it smells good, though. I'm just going to fucking jizz in my pantaloons <laughs> for sure. But this is different. This is a stout. This yeah. is very, very, very dark yeah. in the glass here. Uh, let's see. Ooh, the smell good, is quite nice. Yeah, it's got it, a good like pumpkin uh, spice smell to it. It has a similar smell, honestly, to that nitro cold brew. I'm gonna try to like separate it in my head and remind myself this is not the same Ooh, thing. Buddy, that What's is that very for? good. It is okay. I'm gonna say straight out, it is not better than the nitro cold brew. But God damn, that's good. It's very good. It that's is really very, good. Very good. I might like that better than the regular pumpkin. Yeah, I could. Yeah, because it's got like a chocolatiness to it, and like, yeah, yeah, depth of flavor. It's got like the pumpkin spice flavor to it, but then like a chocolatey stoutness, and then there's like Dude, a coffee sort of flavor to it too. A little bit to it, man. That's really fucking good. Yeah, it is. If I had my eyes closed, I would be surprised to open them and see how dark the beer is. It, yes, it. Even though, as I said, chocolatey and coffee flavors, it is it's still light. It's still really light, and like the spice is the most forward mm. bit. It is. Yeah. It's got a nice amount of effervescence to it as well. Yeah. I find a lot of times the stouts and stuff like that, when they have a little bit of extra lift from the carbonation, it's nice. it yeah. instantly makes the whole thing just seem lighter to yeah. you and a little bit more palatable. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's that's really good. It definitely fucks, for sure. Honestly, it's kind of crazy to me that Southern Tier, just with whatever fucking warlock shit they're doing over there, yeah, they hold, in my view, the top three pumpkin beer spots. Yeah, absolutely. I, I that's good, man. I really could imagine this as a nitro warlock imperial. Style. Oh my it god, just count me in. So fucking creamy. It'd and be delicious. ridiculous, yeah. dude. This is like a little bit less sweet than the nitro cold brew. Right. It's a little less sweet. I had another one of those last oh, week. Yeah? Um, while Kate was doing my zombie makeup for my my new merch promo. Yeah, I saw that. Check it out. I put it up on the Facebook page and all over my socials and uh-huh. stuff like that. Got some merch stuff going on with uh, Juan Coven. Did this awesome shred till your undead design and stuff. But anyway, while Kate was doing my makeup, I was like, I think I'm going to have me one of these uh, pumpkin beers. And I was like, maybe, maybe I've, you know... Hyped it up too much in my own mind. Maybe it's not as good as we said it was on the show. No, right. it's still no, the it, fucking best. Uh, yeah, I, I, like I still... I have a I have a taste memory of it. Like yeah. you know how like sometimes you have the best thing mm. or something that just so perfect that your brain imprints it and you can like almost taste it. Oh yeah, dude. There's like w- one time I had ramen that will never leave my mind, and oh, yeah? I'm constantly chasing how I made it. Oh, so I it was, was one you made. It was one I made, and Ooh. I don't know what I did different, but it was like the most perfect ramen I'd ever had, and and that beer. The nitro pumpkin, the cold brew, like 
I will just think about it. Just like I'll get like a little bit of a creamy taste in my yep. mouth and I'm immediately like, oh, pumpkin and coffee. Yeah, Ugh. dude. Yeah. My God, man. Yeah. Southern Tier absolutely just fucking gets it. Yeah. Yeah, if they there know what are, they're doing. Or if there is better ones out there, let us know what they are and, and mail them to us. Yeah, we will absolutely drink them. We'll absolutely no fucking drink them, it. man. But I, I doubt that it's going to get any better than these. No, I can't. That Warlock is fucking great, it's man. It's so good. So really, good. really, really good, man. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve. Tell me what. Um, There's some hot debate among the horror heads. Yeah. As for how this movie stacks up. Right. In terms of some of the other Halloween movies. Because, you know, of course, we all love 1978. It's one of the greatest fucking movies ever. Yep. Defined a a whole generation of slashers. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't the first slasher. No. But it was the defining American slasher. Ultra influential, man. Yeah. Ultra influential. And uh, and we love it. And I don't think anybody is saying that 2018 is a better movie than that. Yeah. I don't think even the people that made this movie would... No, I don't think that. so. <laughs> Which is why 2018 is such a good movie, because the people who made this movie are huge fans of Clearly. the 1978 original. Huge fans, yeah. man. But there are a lot of people in the horror community that are just like, man, it's not even close to being as good as some of the sequels and stuff. And <laughs> Yeah. Man, I, I... You know what? It's like there's a lot of areas where it's like open for interpretation. Yeah. You know, salt and pepper to taste. What I like might not be what you like. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is one of those times. I don't think so either. I think this is one of those times where I'm just going to say, you're wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, we're going to talk about why. Yeah. Let's we're get into talk it. about what They talked about the stroking off, and then they told me I was wrong. They told me that part six isn't as good as I think. Huh? Are That's they weird. crazy? Do they remember Paul Rudd? I know about him. <laughs> I know about him. Yeah. I know about him. So, Steve, I say as we uh, get on here into that preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. We're going to shoot him six times with some hard facts. Six times! We're going to talk about a movie-by-movie breakdown as for why this is better than all those other Halloween sequels. Yeah, yeah, it is. And we're going to exclude Halloween 3 here because there's really no comparing it. We like Halloween 3 a lot. We love it. It's great. It's wonderful, but it's unrelated to everything. So it doesn't count. It doesn't count yeah. regarding the Michael Myers story, and that's really what we're talking about here. Yeah, we're talking about this the, the tale mm. of old stony faced uh-huh. Do You Make Me Horny Baby, Michael <laughs> Myers himself. We're not talking about part three. It has fuck all to do with it other than the name, so it yeah. doesn't count. Now again, Halloween one, we're not even gonna fucking debate here. Halloween no, one is the Halloween best. Halloween one's the best. It is John Carpenter's fucking masterpiece. 100% uh, just one of the best horror films of all time. I get that. um, I feel like some people don't see it in context and they saw it as a kid, maybe in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s on VHS. And they think that they think that the original John Carpenter Halloween has a campiness to it that the others are just following up on. But. I think in context, if you look at the 1978 Halloween, despite the fact there are a few moments that we would very much take back, like, uh, you know, Annie Brackett crossing her eyes when she gets killed. Oh, and, I'm dead as shit. Yeah. Ah. And, uh, you know, maybe the, the sheet and the glasses moment. Like, th- those are a little bit silly in, in the moment. Body swinging from the rafters and yeah. stuff. Yeah, some corniness. Yeah. Yeah. When you look at that, though, in the the context of 1978, the the movie is very brutal. The movie is very like hard. Oh yeah, and really coming and swinging for the fences. 
So, like, I, I think maybe people are seeing it in the context of the campiness of the others and thinking it is campy itself. And I just don't think it was in 78. I think no. it is now. There's a little bit of camp to it. But in 78, it was like, oh, this is brutal as fuck. Yeah, I totally agree, yeah. man. I love 1978. I watch it at least once every year. Yeah, usually awesome. a couple times. They're gonna be showing it at Central Cinema oh, in Knoxville cool. like all month. So definitely go and check that out. Support them. They're fucking mm-hmm. awesome people and stuff. Halloween two, man. A lot of people glorify Halloween two, yeah. and so many people I think are remembering this movie better than it actually is. I think they're just remembering the kills, dude. And that's they're also the thing, forgetting man. that that's not Halloween. That no. Halloween wasn't about the elaborate kills. It was it was about a, a killing machine. Yeah. It was who about kills the, efficiently. Yeah, the stalking aspect yeah. and stuff that made it so good. And even before we reviewed Halloween 2 on the show several years ago, yeah. in my head I was like, yeah, it's cool. I remember there's fucking uh, that sauna death and right. blah, blah, blah. Then you watch it and you're just like, Laurie Strode's in a coma the whole movie. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it just How loses, is that good? Yeah, it just loses all the momentum of the first one. And honestly, the first one didn't need to be followed up on necessarily unless you had a good story like 2018. Unless you had like this great reason to go back, I just don't see why they even did a sequel and didn't yeah. do what Carpenter wanted to do, the anthology type of thing. Yeah, and Carpenter didn't even want to to Yeah, he happen. didn't. Yeah. Yes. And so like from Carpenter's vision Two is 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 off. Uh, it it also just misses the tone. I feel like it it brings in the more campy, more like how how can we have more elaborate kills? That's what the kids want to see. They want to see elaborate kills, and that that is you know not an untruth. Like kids going to the theater back in the eighties to see horror movies, they, a, a lot of them were looking for elaborate, silly kills and boob and boob. And it and, does have both of those. And it has both of those, but it's just, it's off tone. It Dude, just goes completely off the tone of the Carpenter one. I think the reason 2018 is better than part two, I'll, I'll give you two reasons. For one, it has like 300% more conscious Laurie Strode in it. Yep. <laughs> A True. whole lot more. She's yeah. she's awake damn near this whole movie. Yep. 2018 also eliminates the stupid brother-sister uh, connection. The brother-sister thing that just yeah. never really needed to be mm-hmm. there. I, th- I think that... You know, and it's my complaint about the Rob Zombie stuff too. It's just like it's better whenever he's just crazy because he's fucking crazy. Yeah, because I don't know and I don't understand why he killed his sister. That's better. Yes, you know. When you, yes, when you start to like empathize with the killer or all that, like I don't want to. It, yeah, it it just it it eliminates that disconnect that creates the horror. Like the more disconnected you are to michael myers the more scary he is so the more they try to like make it this connection like that it's said in this movie uh, that uh, people that's something people said to make themselves feel better and yeah. the idea is that like of course you feel better knowing a killer had a connection to the person they were trying to kill because the idea of a killer just killing indiscriminately is more frightening yep i totally agree yeah so y- by making them brother and sister in part two, you really do just eliminate so much of the mystique of who Michael is and why, what he feels at all, if he feels anything. Yep. Which is, you know, 
something that gets entirely lost by the time we get to four. Oh, my right? God, man. <laughs> and you know what? And the other thing that I'm going to say about part two that makes it not as good as 2018, it does not look Halloween-y. Mm-mm. It's in a fucking hospital. The whole yeah. movie is tan. Yep. And, and it's a completely dark hospital, which is a horror movie trope, but it's just like, it's one that has to go. If you've ever been in a hospital at night, the only place it's dark are the rooms, and even the rooms aren't completely dark. No. It's real hard to sleep in a hospital. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so Halloween 4. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I watched that there last week. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, we watched 4 and 5 in July um, for the screaming chat. So right. I've watched them recently, too, and... It's not. It's not good. I do. I do like them in the sense of uh, like I like all the uh, Friday the Thirteenth sequels because it just has a certain like feel and and like the kills are elaborate and stuff. But it isn't. I'm liking it separate from the original. You have to. Yeah, you, you have really to really see do. it completely as separate. And that's the thing is like you know I can't sit here and tell you that. I love shitty 80s slashers mm-hmm. like fucking um, Intruder and right. uh, The Wraith and shit like that, and then shit on Halloween 4. Like, come on. Exactly. Halloween 4 is is a very competent 80s slasher movie. It's just not... It's not a Carpenter... Like, it's not in relation to the original Carpenter vision. No. At all. Not at all, man. It's so, like, squeaky clean and polished yep. and 80s. The mask looks like shit. It looks so it bad. It looks like shit. It, it looks, looks so really, bad. Really, really, really terrible, mm-hmm. man. Um, I will say Danielle Harris in four and five. Oh both, yeah, she's great. She's actually fantastic. Yeah, she was a great child actress and still great actress. Yeah, but yeah. Like she, she's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. She does a good job. But you know, again, it all hinges on the whole angle that that's his niece and stuff. Yeah. Uh, kind of makes you yeah. care less. Plus, too, Loomis just starts going fucking that's, yeah, over the top. That's where, and that's honestly like, if Loomis wasn't in those movies, I think I, not that I don't love Loomis going crazy, I do kind of love that, but just remembering who Loomis is and connecting it to this person, it's like, well, this kind of ruins the character. Um, but if you take Loomis out of four and five... You, I think you'd have a little bit be- like they tried too much to connect to the original when they're going so far off of the tone of the original. Why not just go and say, well, okay, Loomis died. Loomis yeah. is dead now, and now we've got this uh, niece or whatever. I do hate that. I hate the familial connection. Yeah, exactly. I just hate Star it. Wars rules, man. Like everybody doesn't have to be fucking related. Yes. It's fine. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to find out eventually that uh, Grogu is related to Luke Skywalker oh somehow, too. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> they weren't. They, it wasn't. Oh, I, I'll keep that to myself. Maybe huh? people haven't seen Mandal. I was going to say some Mandalorian spoilers. Okay. All right. I'll keep that to myself. That is kind of reason. Oh, man. Which, quick, just totally unrelated. Uh, we just came across a trailer on HBO for this Game of Thrones Targaryen series. Oh, no. I didn't know that they were doing this, and we just watched yeah. a preview for it. Does it look terrible? It, you know what? I don't even know okay. because I'm just watching it, going like, I should be excited about this, but yeah. I'm not. Dude, I was just thinking about this last night. How while Game of Thrones was going, I rewatched it probably four times. Totally, me too. And then. After the last season, I've not rewatched it. I don't want to. Dude, and I'm so, like, 
I'm so at odds here because I absolutely want to go and rewatch seasons one and two. Yeah. I want to see the fucking Battle of Blackwater. I want to hang around there's, at fucking Winterfell and shit. Like, there's yeah. so much shit in those first two seasons that, like, literally kept us up to, like, 5 and 6 a.m. watching yeah. the fucking mm-hmm. DVDs. Like, yep. we were just so grabbed by it, and then it just takes a huge shit. Yeah, it did. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, there's this trailer for this, yeah, Targaryen fucking story. It's like the, I don't know, whatever. The story of the dragon, some Dance shit like dragons that. dragons or something like that? I don't know. You know? I don't remember it's what just it's like, ah, well, God, please don't fuck it up. I hope it's good. I mean, it could be. There's I'll gonna it be a, a lot of fucking sibling fucking going on, though, if it's well, all yeah, about definitely. Targaryens. Well, yeah, definitely. That's their thing. They, they love, love that. that. <laughs> Targaryens. We love that. <laughs> That's the, uh-huh. the, the fucking declaration of their house. Yeah, we love we that. We love that. We're Link. loving it. <laughs> Incest. <laughs> We're loving, loving it. it. Oh my god! I yeah. So I think four and five have the same issues. I get them mixed up in my head yeah, a lot. They, they, it is easy. Five is the one with the dickhead boyfriend in the Frankenstein mask, right? That's right. Yeah, and four yeah. is yeah. Four is the she's younger, and that I can't remember much of the differentiating beyond that. So at the first part of five, you have Michael Myers being like brought back to life by like some hobo. Oh right, right. Dude, he's a fake ass hobo. He's a ho no. Oh no, a ho a ho no, as <laughs> a we call him, a nobo. That's a nobo. what we call him. nobo. Yes. Total nobo. You, he wants you to think he's a hobo. He's got like a little shanty river shack. Okay, he's got a permanent establishment. He's basically living down by the water. But I, I guess, yeah, serious waterfront property. Uh-huh. He's uppity. <laughs> he thinks he's better than us. But like this guy, I guess kept Michael Myers alive for like yeah. a year. I remember or this some now. Yeah, bullshit. which is obviously some sort of like. It, it seems to me to be a connection to the the blind man from Frankenstein. Who, I guess. Like, but it, yeah, because again, they have the Frankenstein like mask in there. I think they were going for some Frankenstein stuff throughout, but it's like. What's what's your point? What's the fucking this is point? the fifth fucking sequel of a movie about Mike Myers and now you're connecting him to Frankenstein. And it's like, why <laughs> he was because Frankenstein is like relatable. Frankenstein is like a, a monster you can care about. You don't want that for Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. The mask is supposed to keep you from that. Exactly, man. It's a mask of a blank human expression. Yeah. Come on. It's supposed yeah. to keep you out. And th- this movie, 2018 in comparison to those does not at any point try. And in fact, it, it shows people trying to find meaning in Michael's destruction yeah. and sees them getting destroyed. Yep. Because there's no meaning to it. Nope. Sometimes it's just that way. Yep. Sometimes life be like that. Yep. <laughs> Five also brings in the ridiculous fucking man in black. Yeah. Guy in spurs and stuff. He's always like stalking Myers yeah. and just always out of frame with his stupid tattoo on mm-hmm. his hand. Just like going full bore into making this a supernatural phenomenon which yeah. again talk about making the character of Myers less scary let's 100%. give him this yeah this crazy fucking occult background and shit it's just like, it just eliminates lame. all and, and the thing is that they had already by the time five and six were coming out we'd already seen um Friday the 13th shit the bed trying to do similar stuff yeah you think Jason they would have learned hell and stuff like what I don't understand why like I get that like 
you know, there are like 15 people in Hollywood making all the decisions, but like the, the overlap of just terrible bullshit. Terrible, that like man. literally no one of them was like, I won't do that bullshit. You guys can do that. We'll just do something different. But dude, you tell me that 2018 Halloween is not as good of a movie as fucking part five. That's with its bumbling ass, <laughs> stupid cops with their stupid like tuba soundtrack. Like, dude, the first time that you see the cops, they're just being the, they've just been this like suspenseful ass scene yes, in the movie. And now comedy. And then it's like literally followed by these cops showing up and like on the soundtrack. And it's this, so out of place. This man. movie brings that that brings those cops in and adjusts them for the tone. Here's how it should have yeah, been. Like, so it doesn't stick out like a sore thumb. So these two cops may be sitting here having a sign of, uh, like you know an innocuous, stupid conversation about Bon Me or whatever, but the soundtrack's not telling us they're bumbling. Dude, that's like, the thing. The beating you over the head being like, if you can't tell these guys are dumb, here's some stupid music. Yeah. Boom, 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 yeah. Boom, boom. Like, God damn, it's so heavy handed. It really fucking- is. It's <laughs> That is the thing about five series. Because like six, I mean, six has whatever it's got going on. But <laughs> five, it it is the furthest off of the tone, I feel like. Because it, it's gotten to like... Uh, we know this is campy, and we're trying to be campy with it. Isn't that fun? And it's like, no, not it's really. Not really. I will say, five does have that really great scene there at the end of the movie where like Michael is chasing little Danielle Harris, and she's like falling down that like it's like an air conditioning vent or something like that, right. and stabbing at it. Yeah, yeah. Man, like she's just screaming bloody murder. Yeah, she, she seems does great. So genuinely. Yeah terrified of what's going on mm-hmm. she sells the fucking dog shit out of it she's she awesome man. danielle harris for sure like she earned her cred early as as a child actor as, as knowing how to sell her ass off so uh, the, you know what like There's i can watch parts. four and five and i've watched them several times uh in the past few years i can watch them and enjoy them for what they are but really i really do just have to detach it from Yes. The original Michael. Totally, man. Same with part six. Yeah, I can enjoy six, even though it's the most batshit. It and is the, the most least, like The least watchable, because it just doesn't make sense sometimes. Dude, and, and that's the thing about it, too, that, again, I'm kind of conflicted with. I was talking with uh, uh, Benny Graves from Sale of Satan Podcast. Uh-huh. I was talking with him about it earlier today, where I was just like... It's so batshit fucking crazy yeah. that it's kind of more fun to watch yes. than four or five. Yes. It's got Paul Rudd. Which is always a fun time. But he's creepy. For some reason. And he's supposed <laughs> to be, is it a Tommy from the first movie? Yeah. I, I, I had totally forgotten that he's yeah. supposed to be the kid that was being babysat yeah. in 1978. I was mm. like, oh shit, that's right, that is him. And it brings in way more of the Cult of Thorn, just like bonkers shit. And that honestly, like, could be good. And I hear the director's cut of that movie is, like, easier to follow. It makes a little more sense, but still is batshit. Oh, it's bonkers. All of that could have been fun again, but it's just like, it's almost like watching Alien 3. Like... What the fuck am I watching at this point? Like, I remember a really quiet sci-fi horror movie that then turned into a sci-fi action movie, and then 
there's this. Yeah. And it's like, that's what six is. It's like, okay, I remember a real good, like, brutal slasher that turned into something a little more campy that then became kind of a parody of itself. And now what the fuck is this? (laughs) Where am I right now? But again, it's, as you said, it's kind of the most fun of those because it is so batshit crazy. Four and five just blend together so much in my head. And two is such a snoozer that at least six is keeping me engaged because I'm like, yeah, what the fuck now? Yeah, that is that is the best part about six. It's It's not good at all. It's not good at all. So 2018 blows it out of the water. Absolutely. In every respect. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about it in comparison to some of the other sequels, it's better. What about a H2O? Okay. Now, this is where the timeline starts getting real fucky. Okay, so, all right. So there are five timelines. There's the Halloween 1 to Halloween 2 to 4 and 5. That that's like the the Jamie timeline. Then there's the Halloween one and two to H two O and what's the one after that? Resurrection. Resurrection. So it's skipping four, five, six. Yeah, it's going four, five, one, and six. two, seven, yeah. eight. And then there's the uh Halloween Rob Zombie oh, timeline. Uh huh. Then there's the forty years later is Halloween one to twenty eighteen. Am I missing one? I feel like there's there's a couple floating around in there. Right. Yeah. So, and and then three, of course, is unrelated. So where where H two O is, she didn't have a daughter. She had a son, and her son is Josh Hartnett. Josh Hartnett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. And um, and Michael Myers drives across country to go kill him. Yeah. And Ladies Love Cool James is in there. Yes, he is. Ladies Love Cool James is Some in there. Erotic novels. <laughs> yes. Boy, that's a sentence that sounds like I just made it up. <laughs> it, it does. But also, H2O is watchable. It's it, okay. It's the not, mask looks like dog shit. It looks shit. very bad. The mask is very bad. Dude, but you do I'm get seeing, Jamie Lee Curtis back. She's back. Yeah. But, dude, if I'm seeing Michael Myers' damn eyeballs, mm-hmm. I'm checking the fuck out. Yeah. He yeah. needs to put on that mask, and the eye holes need to be dark. Yep. If 100%. you're seeing fucking eyelashes out of that thing, it's over. Over. 100%. It's not cool it, anymore. It, it connects you too much to a human under the mask. Yep. The mask is supposed to make you feel like he's inhuman, like he's a monster. H2O is okay. It's it is kind okay. of It's kind of in that it's same vein. It's very 90s. Vein, very much. Uh-huh. It's very much like uh, New Nightmare in a lot of ways. Sure, yeah. Where it's like, okay, this feels like a late 90s, like, okay, shit, what the fuck just happened through the 80s? We were all doing blow. What happened? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> let's pick up on kind of the original storyline and forget about all that dumb shit we were doing while right. we were on Coke and just continue. And now we'll do some new dumb shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. No, it's not. It's a watchable late 90s horror movie. That- I think it's better than two. Is that crazy? Huh. I'd have to watch them again. Yeah, maybe I, me too. I would have to watch them again because it one one two and then H two O would be the order for that timeline. I think you might be right that it's better than two. I know some people love boring, Halloween man. two and just think we you are don't. insane. You're remembering <laughs> it wrong. Watch it again. It's H two O might be better than two. You're right. It might be. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's definitely better than Resurrect. Yeah. But 
if I have to explain to you why 2018 is better than Resurrection, <laughs> you might be a redneck. You might be a redneck. I I mean, yeah, it's it's got the Buster Rhyme, Buster Rhymes like uh, reality reality show. TV show angle that just I don't. I, I mean. It just seems so cynical and disrespectful yes, to, to anything that was good about the series. Yes. And that's what we got out of a lot of the uh, you know, the sequels to these 80s franchises that were taking place in the late Right, 90s. it was a cash grab. Yeah. yeah, and it was very like, you think this is cool? Fuck you. Yeah, and we'll we'll have another one out in a, less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly part of what I really love about 2018 is like, it seems to be of the mindset that's just like, you thought that was cool? It was. Let's keep yes, going. We agree. Here's more. That was cool, and here's more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Here's, you know, us not making fun of it or making the whole thing stupid while also paying subtle homages to everything that was in all those other ones mm-hmm. that, you know, we know some of you guys love. Right. We're not going to shit on them and we'll be have, like, you know, the kids in the different masks from part three. Yeah, or, little yeah. stuff, man. Just that's little cool. things that uh, the the gas station that they're, they're at. That's yeah. from like part four or five, I think. Five. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. But it's not just like spitting in the face of people who thought this was cool the first time around, right. which is what I got out of like Resurrection and stuff. I think mm-hmm. I've watched Resurrection one time and I was just like, this is. I've painfully seen, awful. I've seen it a couple times, and the second time I watched it, I was like, "Oh, I have seen this." It was one of those where I was like, "I don't think I've seen this," and it's like, "No, my brain just threw that entire memory out because why keep it?" Yeah, it is. It's terrible. It's a real, real bad movie. Twenty eighteen, man. It has that element where it is respectful of the source material. It builds the the world out mm-hmm. it has actual like emotional resonance to it yes and that the way it treats the, the characters is that the first movie has an emotional core yeah second movie loses that it does and then none of the others really pick up on it like they try to with the jamie character but we don't have Lori there to like connect us to jamie so even though they're saying like this is her daughter there's no jamie lee curtis coming in and being like I love you, and then dying or whatever. Like yeah, we, if it was we, like Mama Bear protecting her daughter, exactly. that which is, could yes, have been twenty eighteen, <laughs> like, which is what we got. Yeah. Exactly, man. This yeah. is kind of like what these sequels should have been doing all the fuck along. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, they did have to wait forty years to do it. Yeah, it took forty years of development uh, to to get to the point where you make a good sequel to John Carpenter's yeah. original, and that should be, I think. A lesson to Hollywood? No shit. Let it simmer for a Let second. Let it God simmer damn. for a second until you've got what you want, until you've got a story that works, you can get all the actors back, etc. Until you can do all that, don't make the sequel. Simmer down. Just simmer down. Yeah. Let, it, let it chill. I know there's millions of dollars to be made, but there might be even more to be made in just waiting a little bit. No kidding, man. I just don't know how anybody thinks that 2018 is in superior to some of these other seasons. I don't yeah. get it. Like, I, I don't feel like anybody can explain that to me. I don't feel no. like any of those movies have as much of a coherent story yeah. or build out the mythology or, again, have that emotional arc or anything that well, this movie does. what do you think about Bobby Zed's Halloween? Oh, Rob Zombert. Let's, let's compare Zumbert. 2018 to Halloween 2007. Yeah. Is that when that came out? Yeah, we we reviewed that on the show last year. Uh-huh. And, and I think that like it's by got doing its merits. It does. Yeah. And honestly, it took d- you know, doing a podcast to find them. Yeah. Like the first time that I watched the movie, I was just like, I don't want to know his white trash redneck backstories. Right. 
Typical Rob Zombie backstory. And the backstory does hurt overall because it, yeah. it drags the movie down. It does. Yeah. Because it spends three quarters of the movie doing that, and then the yeah. last quarter is like Halloween in a nutshell. I mean, you could have given us a brief backstory. We don't need a backstory. It hurts Michael to have a backstory, yep. but at the very least, just make it brief. Like, he killed a kid. Cut two. But, uh... It just didn't need it. I mean, the original Halloween has Michael's entire backstory that we need. He killed his babysitter as a kid. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Well, and I love, too, the fact that, you know, the original Halloween 1978, I think what made it so effective and so scary is that Haddonfield is a completely unspectacular American suburb. Yes. It's kind of the same idea of, you know, every town has an Elm Street. It's like it's showing... Which it's suburban horror. It's meant yes. to get at the majority of, of their white audience they were aimed at. This could happen anywhere. In the suburbs, yes. Yeah, man. And that's what was so cool about it, especially in the 1970s when suburb culture and stuff like right. that was really starting to come about. Uh, check out our Poltergeist episode to hear oh, a lot dude, about that. Tons yeah. about mm-hmm. that in that movie as well. And that's what made it so effective is just to show you, like, this shit could happen anywhere. Yeah. But then whenever you're watching this and you're like, huh, there's nowhere in my neighborhood where you have these, you know, nasty vulgar white trash abusive redneck people raising young mike myers it makes it less it definitely relatable. wasn't s- suburban yeah no that, i mean it, i there were people we in related. my neighborhood yeah yes. we related for but sure my neighborhood that meant like well they were the third gravel road down the other gravel road totally like, out uh, by the fucking chicken farm yeah exactly yeah. but so it, it was relatable, yes, for people who, like Rob Zombie, grew up in very dysfunctional families around other very dysfunctional families, but... But less scary, because that's less an insulated scary sort of, of thing. Yeah, it, it, yes, exactly. It, the more relatable it really... It, like, the more relatable that Mike Myers becomes, the less scary he is. I so, agree, personally. Just, like, get rid... Like, we don't need the backstory. But again... You know, Rob Zombie did also bring in a lot of the brutality that had been missing for a while. Like, and 2018 definitely owes some of its brutality so, yeah. to the Rob Zombie movies. I think they took some uh, some good notes from his tone yeah. uh, while showing us that, well, families can be dysfunctional and still functional. Like, Lori's family is dysfunctional in their relationship to her, but her daughter and her granddaughter have a great relationship. Yeah. Uh, it's a very mother-daughter relationship that has its own tensions, but it's a normal relationship. Mm-hmm. So, like, that that even if it's not exactly relatable to the entire audience, it's something the entire audience kind of wants. So, it, it does some fantasy fulfillment while also giving you the kind of grimier edge that Rob Zombie brought to very it. grimy, yes, very, 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 gr- very super grimy. And I will once we get into talking about the movie, I'll talk about what very specific grimy things I think you might not even be noticing are oh. grimy, huh? There's some grime in there that's just subtle, subtle Word. grime. I like that. Yeah. Man. So 2018 is better than Rob Zombie's 2007 Halloween, but you know that not to say that. Rob Zombie's 2007 Halloween loses a a ton by, you know, trying to bring in a backstory. It's just that it's it's what people wanted in 2007 
but I think we all realize we don't need it. Yeah, I like, think so. We got so much of that in the like 2000s of like, oh, we need to understand the killer. We need their perspective or whatever. And it, it, it worked for some movies, but mostly it just took away the mystique. I mean, look at what happened with like the character of Hannibal and stuff. Exactly. After you got the whole backstory and shit and uh-huh. like Hannibal Rising, it's like, well, that just kind of defeats the mystique of yeah, this. Yeah, what's the point? Super intelligent, cannibalistic yeah. killer like that kind of takes it away. Yep. I, it's like, Rob Zombie was doing what people wanted at the time, but we just learned we didn't want that. Yeah, didn't need it, actually. <laughs> yeah. Halloween 2, his version, I, I've not seen. So okay, I can't Halloween, two, Halloween 2 is much more brutal. Than, it's very weird. It's it's uh, weird. It's got some surreal elements to it and stuff, and basically, uh, uh, Michael is being driven by a vision of his mother. It. It hurts the overall mythology, I think. Okay, but as a horror movie, as a Rob Zombie horror movie, it's got like, it's a, it's got some good brutal moments, but it, it's just not. I mean, it doesn't compare in any way to twenty eighteen. Word. It just doesn't have. Because there's an emotional center to Rob Zombie's movies, even though they're very grimy and stuff. There's an emotional center there where you got like. You know, uh, Lori and uh, Daniel Harris's character, Annie Brackett. Lori and Annie Brackett have this very close relationship, especially in two, because they've both gone through the terrible events of the first one. And but they also have like you know their tensions and stuff. There's a good emotional center to part two, but it again, it's just so it's so hard to relate to people who constantly yell at each other and say fuck. Like, hard to care like we say fuck all the time but if i were in an actual conversation with my wife i'm not just gonna be yelling fuck <laughs> shit piss dick like like it, it just it's so unrelatable it's like well, yeah there's no restraint whatsoever yeah there's no restraint it's just everybody is just wilding out the whole time and that that's where 2018 is far superior because 2018 again even if you don't have this sort of lifestyle and i didn't grow up in a family like that you see it and you go oh that's aspirational this is a, a positive i'd hate to see that broken up by a killer who only wants destruction yeah oh no broken up it, oh no it did yeah it did the thing mm-hmm. yeah man whenever i saw this in theaters the first time and i saw it like two or three times in theaters i was uh, just like oh my god this actually does feel like a follow-up yeah to 1978 and i love the fact that they ignored everything else yeah um while at the same time not spitting in the face of it we'll talk about some of the homages and stuff as we go through the review and stuff here but i just feel like this was the sequel that i had been waiting on yeah for forever uh after all the other movies that had let me down in some way or or another Mm -hmm. again it's not as good as 1978 no uh but damn it's really fucking good it's equivalent i think it is not it's not equal but it is equivalent in a way that yeah. none of the other sequels are. Yeah. Yeah. That makes total sense to me, mm-hmm. man. Now, whenever this movie came out in 2018, we uh, we watched it. We did a mini-sode on it and stuff, spoiler-free. Mm-hmm. And I remember us both really, really enjoying this movie yeah. quite a fucking lot. Um, and, you know, again, it was just fun watching this in theaters. Yes. I had a great Halloween time. Halloween season, what, man. Like, it so really fun. just hit all the things I wanted from a Halloween sequel. And I thought maybe rewatching it, it would be like, you know, I, it's, I'd see some of the things that 
I overlooked because it, it hit a lot of the high points. But rewatching it kind of solidified for me that it it's really good. Yeah. Like even the stuff that I see as like little quibbles and stuff, it's 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 hard it's hard to imagine why the cell phone issue wasn't handled more delicate or more like uh more betterer. More better. Right. Like, some of the small things about it that I, I wish had been handled a little there's bit better. There's a few details that I'm like, there's yeah. a more elegant way around. Right. This. But yeah. beyond that, just watching it, it's it's all, it's like a horror joy. It's not a joy, because it's not fun, honestly. Like, most of the movie is brutal as shit oh, yeah. and hard to watch. But not not like a zombie movie where I'm not going to rewatch it. Yeah, totally. Like, I'll rewatch this probably every... October now. Yep. This has become one of those movies that I just go to and just put on. Yeah. It's like late at night when I know I'm not even going to finish the whole movie. Just turn it on. I'll just turn it on while I get some practice in or wash mm-hmm. the dishes or whatever. This is just one of those movies that to me, it just works and I enjoy watching it. Even yeah. if I'm not really paying close attention to it, I just really, really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Although it is not perfect. We'll talk about some of his imperfections and stuff like that. But I remember whenever they were talking about the development of this, I was kind of skeptical when I heard some of the people that were going to be working on it. Uh, Danny McBride. <laughs> Danny McBride, yeah. especially. I was like, so it's going to be funny? Yeah, he he basically put that to rest pretty early. Like, you know, people asking him. So, like, you know, you're involved, so it's going to be funny. Yeah. He wanted to put that to rest real early. Like, no, this is a, a property I care about a lot. You know, dick and fart jokes are all great, but sometimes something matters a bit more than that. So I, I remember reading some of the stuff he said leading up to it and being like, okay, I think, I think, you know, this is... He's got his head on straight. Yeah, this is maybe going to be something a little bit different than what you might expect from a Danny McBride who, I mean, other, I mean, you know, Eastbound and Down and, and like Vice Principals and, and Righteous Gemstones, they all have their more serious moments and stuff. They do. They all get kind of yeah. dark and real at a point. Yeah. So it, it was there that he could possibly do it, but those are also ridiculous and over-the-top hilarious things, and it's like, I don't know if I want that for a Halloween movie. But also, you see he's working with David Gordon Green, and it's like, the guy who directed Pineapple Express? What? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just like you're yeah. gearing up for like, so I guess they're making it funny and raunchy, right? right? Yeah. But... I, uh, you know. But then John Carpenter gave it his blessing. That's, that's what I was going to say is the moment that John Carpenter came on, like people may not realize John Carpenter directed the first, de facto directed the second, though there's some contention about yeah. who really directed what in the second. And then, you know, he was involved in the third basically with music and hasn't been involved in the series since then. To have him come back 40 years later, he must have thought there was something to what they were doing. And he was right. And he was right. So let me just talk a little bit about the development because like right after Zombies um, Part 2 came out, like two days after that, the, um, eh, what are they called? The Weinstein Company announced uh, Halloween 3D. Oh, 3D. Halloween 3D, yes, which was meant to come out in the summer of 2010. Really? Which, if you remember 2009, 2010, everything was 3D because yeah. of Avatar. That was a thing again. Yeah. So they they were going to release Halloween 3D. Zombie said, I'm not interested in coming back. 
uh, uh, scout Taylor Compton also did not want to come back. Like nobody involved really wanted to come back. I think Tyler Maine signed on or whatever. And that kind of went through a whole bunch of different developments over like four years. And then, um, that got dropped and another Halloween sequel was in development by February of 2015. That was titled Halloween returns. And, um, it was going to be set in 1988, so it was going to be a sequel Throwback to the movie. second. Okay. So they were kind of working in the way that it would eventually go of like, let's uh, ignore huh. all these sequels and, and do something like that. But uh, then the some production setbacks happened, and eventually the rights reverted from uh, Dimension Films back to Miramax. Now, both of those are owned by Weinstein. I don't know how that works, but it works somehow. Yeah, somehow, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, Miramax then, a few months later, they announced with Blumhouse that they would be developing a Halloween sequel. And again, a lot of the Blumhouse stuff is... Yeah, it can get pretty... Some of it's not good. Yeah. But, so, the pitch by Danny McBride and David Gordon Green um, basically won over Jason Blum and won over... John Carpenter and by winning over John Carpenter like that had to be it right like if you if you care about horror Jason Blum even though some of the Blumhouse stuff isn't great obviously cares about horror you pick the people who care the most about the original and so they went with and again these are big names too David Gordon Green and Danny McBride so it's like you're already kind of counts for something yeah yeah, you're even if it may be like people think it's going to be comedic or whatever you get them into the theater and they see that it's not like it's going to work out fine. It's Danny McBride. Um, so once that all got going and they, um, they convinced Jamie Lee Curtis to come on. That was kind of where you knew like, okay, this is cause like Jamie Lee Curtis came back for H2O and that wasn't great. But now here we are 20, like 20 years later. And she saw this as like, very respectful toward the Lori character and much more of like in line of what she imagined a sequel would be. So I think so once Carpenter and, and, and Jamie Lee Curtis were signed on, it, it seemed to me like, well, this has to be maybe decent. Yeah. At the something's very working here. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So once it, I mean, I remember seeing the preview for it and it was that, that I think the first preview they released was the scene where, the it's that long shot of him like walking up the the uh fucking porch at that one house and then it just sticks through the window and we see him go down the side and then through the back and then he kills that lady at the oh, window. Oh yeah. I think yeah. that was like the first preview. All the bit. camera's still like outside of yeah, the house. And, and stuff. I remember just seeing that and I was like, wait a sec. They're like, doing just it. That what? moment was enough to be like, this is different than the other sequels. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, man. I was sold on it already. So I, I was I was excited going in, but still didn't know what to expect. I did think there was going to be more comedy. Yeah. And there isn't. And there was a lot of rumors about like, oh my God, they're just ignoring everything else. They're acting like Halloween 2 and everything else never even happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're so mad about that. And then it's just like, God, man. So he said, go back and watch those movies. It's good they ignored that stuff. <laughs> it is. Because you need the tone of the original back. That's what people loved. I do get that people love the sequels for their more campy tone, but that's not Halloween. That's just uh, 
slasher like cut and paste like that's all it is it's like this could be jason Voorhees instead of michael myers and nothing would change yeah totally one of the parts of this movie that made me super happy instantly and made me you know know that they were paying respect to the source material and everything those intro credits where it shows the pumpkin mm. that's like deflated and rotten and it like that. reassembles. And Very obvious visual metaphor for the franchise itself. Like, yeah. this is the franchise. We're resurrecting it. Uh huh. You're welcome. And also, it's like Michael Myers has been inactive for 40 years now, but yeah. he's fucking coming back, man. Yeah. I thought that that was just the most perfect, you know, kind of intro that they could show yeah. to really get you like right back in the tone, right in the vibe. Mm-hmm. They're using the same like font and the same yeah. font colors and stuff. But the movie actually starts off with these motherfucking podcasters mm-hmm. doing the Lord's work. I'll tell you what, man. Casting a pod. Representation goes a long way. <laughs> I remember we watched them and they were like. Podcaster lives. Dude, we were like, hey, man, we finally made it. We're on a screen. Podcaster yeah. lives matter. Yeah, I felt I felt like I hadn't felt since Tusk. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> there we are. Hey, look at look at us. Uh, it is. I I love that they chose because like people have you know been doing true crime podcasts for about as long as podcasts yeah. have been around. True crime, very you know. Uh. Um, money filled industry the white people love it white people do love to hear about murders i mean i do i listen to fucking last podcast and stuff all yeah. the time love it yeah uh i yeah people people in general not just the white people love uh murder podcasts to the point that it gets a little irreverent towards the actual victims of murder. It, it certainly can. Yeah. It certainly can. And I remember the first time that we watched this movie, you know, one of the things I took away from it, I was I was like, okay, the podcasters and stuff ultimately don't matter all that much. They're just exposition the, machines. To the kinda. story. Yeah. yeah. They kind of are exposition machines. They eventually get Michael, his mask back and some yeah. wheels. But like other than that, I, I was like, I thought these were going to be like main characters in the movie, and they're yeah. both offed pretty fast, actually. Yeah, it's pretty quick. I mean, um, we only get a, a few scenes with them, and yeah. they, they're really like, they are meant for exposition. Like they're even recording their podcast as they're driving, and it gives you a good pretense for the exposition, where uh-huh. it's like, oh yeah, th- this is what they would be doing so it doesn't seem to stick out so much. And really what they're doing is reestablishing and, and and sort of reframing what happened in the first movie. Basically, I guess, to remind you, but also to give you this new narrative of like, don't, don't think about all the other stuff you yeah. saw in all those other sequels. This is the story. He attacked a bunch of babysitters this night, then he and got thrown in jail. He's been there for 40 years. And that's it. Yeah, yep. they are exposition machines because they're literally just recording a podcast. Yep. So they're saying this stuff into a little recorder. So it kind of makes sense. Yep. But then, you know, this time around, you know, I, I went into this being like, oh, there's those inconsequential podcasters and stuff. But then this time I was kind of watching it with the mindset of like this is sort of a commentary on like you said people who fetishize and monetize right. the murder industry yeah this is also people who want to understand michael myers yeah. uh dr sartain is actually very much the same way yeah he's a fan he's, he's a fan yeah he is a fan of michael myers exactly he, his fandom drives him 
more than anything. He wants to understand Michael's mind. He wants to be in Michael's mind. Kind of glorifying and romanticizing. And obsessive. He's obsessive about it. He knows the the case backwards and forwards. He knows everything about Lori. Yeah. He knows, like, he doesn't need to know all that to be the doctor to this man who never talks. Mm Mm-mm. He's but, obviously not helping him recover. Right. No, he's not interested in him recovering. He wants he's, him to not recover. He, he wants, wants to see to it. Kill. Yeah. He wants to be a part of seeing it happen. Yeah. yeah. So I think that this is kind of a commentary on society and in movie watchers of the Halloween franchise obsessing yeah. over like understanding the psychology of a monster. And it's just like, yeah. even if you do understand his psychology and become his biggest fan, the minute he's off the leash, he's going to fucking kill you and yeah. stomp your head on the concrete like he doesn't care team. about you He doesn't whatsoever. give a shit about you. Stomping his head is very appropriate, too, because he has filled his head with all this knowledge about Michael Myers, and Michael Myers just spills it out with doesn't one shit. stomp. Yeah. <laughs> That's just it. Yeah, it, it, it like is constantly reaffirming to us what we've been saying about Carpenter's original tone, that this is a killing machine. Yeah. There is no there is no reasoning with it. There's no fixing it. You can only kill it. Yeah. That is it. Well, and that's kind of, you know, again, maybe even a message to to everybody who's totally fetishized, you know, uh Richard Ramirez and right. Ted Bundy and all these mm-hmm. other stone cold lunatic yep. serial killers that are responsible for the the loss of so many lives, but they have fans. Like yeah. fucking Charles Manson has fans. And well, yeah. People who marry these animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the romanticization of, like, Ted Bundy. Like, people talk so much about how he was a handsome guy, and that's how he lured women in. He didn't lure them in with being handsome. He lured them in with false injuries, yeah. and they felt bad for him. And he's not handsome. He's just a regular-looking dude. Regular-ass guy. He's probably better looking than some other serial killers. Okay. It's <laughs> a real limited pool yeah. there. Just like, don't even try to figure out which one's the handsome one. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think that's interesting. It gives so much... Because it, it, in 2018, that is, you know, we're at that height. Serial has happened. Like, um, Oh, yeah, that was huge. Yeah, and you got like My Favorite Murder, Last Podcast on the Left. People talking about these just absolutely hideous crimes and things. Meanwhile, some of the victims of which are still alive today. And they're not getting uh, the the sellout crowds cheering them on as they recount the the details of murders. Yeah, or of escaping Ted Bundy or what the fuck ever, man. But you, you've got these, you've got these like obvious uh, commentaries on, you know, the the change in the times, but also in like showing that Michael isn't all of these romanticized things. Oh yeah. Because like the podcasters want to discover who he is as a human, who he is as a person. Sartain wants to get into his mind to understand how he feels when he kills and they're so detached from the situations like even whenever the podcasters are trying to get um uh Lori, Lori to yeah. talk and stuff and they're like oh don't you think it's just time to talk to him and forgive him and stuff right and it's like you don't know what the fuck this situation was yeah. about yeah. i mean again they might as well be talking to somebody that got away from ted bundy and being like don't you think you should make up with Ted Bundy? No, he tried to fucking you kill like me. To, wouldn't you like to understand why he did what he did? No. 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 There is no reason. There's I mean, she no says it. Reason. There's nothing to be learned. Yes. 
Yes. Stop romanticizing this shit. And that that's I mean, again, this this movie starts with these exposition machines and a very clear statement saying you don't need to know his backstory, you don't need to understand him. He is an animal. He is a killing machine. The way that um, you know, they they describe him, you know, kind of shark-like at times, that like he 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 constantly moves, he needs to kill like Yeah. Um, silent stalking killer yeah we also have like the the fact that um what's his name uh, james jude courtney who plays the shape mostly i mean we have nick castle with the mask off as as michael myers i but love once that the they mask did that is on, yeah uh it's it's uh james jude courtney and he he like studied the way that nick castle moved but also he studied the way his cat moved because his reasoning huh. was that a cat kills with impunity and we don't even judge them for it we yeah, just they're not accept killing to, that to, that's what they do they're not even killing to eat no they're just feed killing. or anything they just kind of kill stuff mm-hmm. they stalk and kill yeah uh and, huh. and so like michael myers is that he we can't understand him because his desire is toward murder it is not a desire bred by like some session with his mom like we get in halloween or some need to kill the people he's related to for some reason. It's not driven by any of that. He, If you come into his field of vision, he wants you dead. There's a chance. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes not. Sometimes. It's completely unpredictable. Well, it seems like he's just such a good, efficient killer that he knows, like, those kids who run into him on the street, if he killed them at that moment, other people would see him, he's more likely to be stopped. Like he's he's thinking how many people could I kill? Yeah. I could kill these kids right now, or I could go quietly into this house and kill this woman and get away with a and bunch. Get away more. with a bunch yeah. more murder. He's like it's, he is coldly calculated. It's clear that he's been thinking about this for forty years and planning it. Like it, just pay attention to the physicality of what he does. Like he never punches anyone, mm. and that like. That really hit me that Michael Myers in the original and in this doesn't, he never punches anyone. And my only reasoning for that was well, you punch someone, you might break your hand. Then you can't kill as many people. Right. So he slams people into shit. He breaks their necks. He finds tools and implements to do the killing Hmm. because he wants to do as much killing as possible so he can keep going his drive is more murder yeah that's just like the perfect monster there they've established him in the way that carpenter established him hmm that's interesting about that that tone and that very kind of cat-like nature and stuff i hadn't really Mm. thought about it until you mentioned it but that that does make sense Mm -hmm. he's also like the the physical performance of it 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 really does a good job of never like never projecting anything but menace yeah dude like he's never there's never like a head tilt moment mm-hmm. there's never that like jason head tilt or like anything to give us the impl- like implication that there's some humanity behind that mask yeah the closest it ever really gets to any kind of like you know anything psychologically going on is when he's obviously like kind of tormenting a female podcaster while she's in that bathroom stall yeah 
and kind of like drops the teeth on the floor and shit. Oh, that's so brutal. Oh, it's so fucking Ugh. fucked up, man. <laughs> and like, what a fucking menacing ass yes. act to happen. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we see in the original Halloween that he is kind of into the idea of scaring people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, you know, the original murders took place on Halloween. Maybe yeah. he likes a good old scare, that he, Mike Myers. He's just, he's just out for a little bit of trick. Yeah. He doesn't want the treat. Uh-uh. Yeah. He wants the trick all the time, man. So I think that he he is toying with these people mm-hmm. sometimes to kind of keep with that same mentality that we had in the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're right. It is often, oftentimes very efficient the way yeah. that he chooses to kill these people like uh the woman the the one long shot i was talking about that woman uh when he kills her he like comes up behind her the moment he touches her she screams and he slams her head into the couch which shuts her up and then he stabs her in the throat like gotta shut her this up is first. just like yeah he he doesn't want her to continue screaming wow because he wants to get the kill done so he can get another kill done yeah yeah He's just got a big old checklist. He's got a lot of things to do. He's just TCB, baby. That's right. Taking care of business. I am so busy today, you guys. It's Halloween. Oh, I'm Michael list, Myers. My to-do list is a mile <laughs> damn long. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I love the physicality of Myers in this. I love that he seems like old man strong. Yes. You know, because there are people that are, you know, because at this point he's, what, fucking 60 or something, right? right? Uh, there are plenty of dudes that... that you know, we've all met in our lives who are up there in their years, but are still strong as shit. Yeah, old man strength's a real thing. Old man strong. Yeah. It's definitely a fucking thing, and he seems to very much have that. But at the same time, he's not a inhuman, unstoppable killing machine. No, he can be harmed in this. and it, He's fucked up. He does, and the it's played so well. Okay, so I noticed this on my third rewatch uh, leading into this, that... He does a lot of stuff uh, from the beginning to about the middle with his left hand. Hmm. He does a whole lot. I did not notice But then, Jamie Lee Curtis shoots him in the left shoulder. And after that, you see him doing almost everything with his right hand. This is even before she blows the fingers off of his left hand. Oh. So, like, he still kind of has it, like, dead down to his side. If he does use it, it's in tandem with his right hand. So, huh? it's... A very interesting consistency that they maintain that, like, then by the time, like, he's had his fingers blown off and he's been shot in the shoulder, uh, he's too weak to actually be able to pull down, um, what's her name, Karen. Like, when they're on the stairs, he he doesn't right. Because, like, we've seen him up to this point slamming people around. He should be able to pull her down. But he can't because his left hand is fucked up and his left shoulder is fucked up. So he's only got the strength of his right hand, hmm. which then gets sliced by the daughter. Um, uh, what's her name? Allison. Cool. They kept that like damage log going. Yeah, yeah. You know? So the damage actually accumulates on him, unlike Weakens in a him. lot of other of the sequels where it's just like he, I guess, can't be hurt. Yeah, it takes a lick and keeps on ticking. Yeah. Right. Interesting, man. Yeah, dude, the character of Laurie Strode in this is, of course, very, very fucking important. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I really love that they did with her character in this is completely turned the, you know, I think typically celebrated final girl notion. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Sally got to drive away out of that you truck. Did it. She you escaped Leatherface. Yeah. Right. She's a winner. <laughs> she got away. <laughs> and it shows you that, like, that whole thing is a fucking myth. Like, yeah. 
just because somebody got away from the big bad doesn't mean their life is all yeah. fucking peaches and cream after that. I mean, that. yeah, much like it's implied at the end of TCM that, like, she's gone crazy. Yeah, man, moment. she's yeah. fucking lost so it. That's, like, the, that, that's the original sort of final girl being shown in the appropriate light. But then, like, for years, it was just, like, you know, Heather Langenkamp uh, survives Freddy and then goes to college to learn to be better at fighting Freddy. Wee. And then comes back and teaches some kids how to fight Freddy. There's no PTSD at yeah, all. exactly. There would be a lot. There would be there a would be lot. Plenty. There was a fucking dream demon. Dream demon. You couldn't even sleep. <laughs> Johnny Depp got sucked into a bed. He got turned into all the blood. All of it. Yeah. Every blood. Yeah, like, th- this goes back to that original Sally Hardesty final girl of, like, the you've survived but at what cost i know and the thing about it is too man is like especially okay especially considering that this was all coming out around like all the weinstein stuff Mm -hmm. and you're like okay so ultimately you're telling me a story about a middle-aged white guy preying on these women Mm. And the after effects that it has had on them and then finally getting tired of it and getting their fucking comeuppance and their revenge on him. Huh. Yeah. It's just like, maybe relevant. Maybe relevant. Maybe. Maybe maybe based on a true story. Jamie Lee Curtis did say in interviews that uh, that, uh, the Me Too movement was an influence on this story. So, like, yeah. It's interesting that it's coming from Miramax, owned by Harvey Weinstein, but okay. I think that there should have been a moment, maybe even before they set that final trap for Myers, mm. that one of them looks at Myers and goes, okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would have worked. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's like, And it's ultimately showing you, too, that you know, even, even through the entire Me Too movement and, and Time's Up, everything else, where you're just like, yeah, man, these fucking women are getting revenge on their attackers. Good for yeah, them. Good. It's still showing you, like... It's yeah, still, but they still have a lot of a lot of damage done yeah. to them that they have to work through. The damage has not been repaired simply by having the the crime brought out into the light. Yeah, it, all that's done is made people aware of the crime. Yeah, the, the damage is still there. And I love how ultimately the the um, the events of Halloween 1978 have completely changed Laurie Strode's life and completely yeah, altered she was her like personality. A great student, just a normal, ass just a girl. normal uh, girl. You know, probably going to go to college, etc. And now she's training, uh, you know, Linda Hamilton style to fight off the fucking Terminator. Very T two yeah. style. <laughs> it is very, very, very T two. Where it's just like I had a traumatic event. I've got to prepare for when this thing strikes again. Yeah, and become a fucking badass, yep. which is what she did. But it also shows, too, how, like, her obsession with reconciling her past has, in effect, kind of destroyed her family and pushed people away from her. Yeah. You get the the impression that she uh, had a bout with alcoholism, which mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis in real life did as yeah. well. So that was also very personal. tough to see yeah. on screen, very personal to see on screen, her um, showing up to that family dinner and starting yeah. to drink and stuff like that. Uh, that was also, like you said, very, I guess, personal for her to put yeah. that in the movie. But um, but yeah. Anyway, like I said, it's like I love that kind of role reversal that you get, where mm-hmm. ultimately Michael's obsession with Lori made Lori obsessed with Michael. Yes, like, he became her life's goal. Like snuffing him out and yeah. killing him became her entire life's ambition. Yeah, she the same way it used that to be. He his. would escape so she could kill him. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, again, it shows that like just because you got away doesn't mean that the story is over. Right. 
Um, I do really like that it sort of humanizes that character mm-hmm. and damages that character in a way that's very real and very relatable, yeah. I think. Yeah, she she plays it extremely well, too. Like, she's, you know, it's all she can think about. Yeah. It, she cannot move on in her life. It has destroyed her, but her daughter can't relate to it. And her daughter has been raised by her in this, like, very, you know, high-pressure environment of, you know, constantly training for eventual death. Like, her daughter just wants to have a normal life because she has not been traumatized. And even the trauma of, of being raised that way hasn't led her to this, like, deep, dark pit that Jamie Lee Curtis is in, that yeah. Lori is in. She has a happy family, yeah. uh, uh Funny husband. Yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, already the strongest man in the world. She married. Wait. Yeah. What? That's Toby Huss. Artie, the strongest man in the world. No. Mm-hmm. The I, dad in this is Artie. Yep. What the fuck? I know. <laughs> oh my god. So her life is pretty great. She married the strongest man in the world. I mean, he's always got to be, you know, summoned by uh, letting that tire air out right. stuff. I really wish they had done just some small nod to Artie. Artie. Yeah. Holy fuck. Like, if at least, you know, he'd come out in the shirt or something. Give me that stripy shirt, man. God damn it. I love Pete and Pete so much. That's funny. I didn't realize that was him. (laughs) But she's she's living a, a, a better life, and she has gotten away from... I mean, honestly, her her mother training her with guns and things isn't necessarily the problem. It's that her mother uh, treated every single moment of her life as though it was the end of her life. Yeah. And there's no way she could have ever lived a life that way. Very much like shared her trauma yes. with her daughter. It smothered her with her trauma in yeah. so many ways. Which, yeah. in a way, at the end, turns out helping her it and does. prepares her for whenever shit does hit the fan it does prepare her because the shit is going to hit the fan she's not wrong Lori. she's just um that's all she can think about it's all and and no like i i can't possibly imagine having gone through that no how you would ever be yeah how do you get normal over again yeah yeah so there's no judgment for for Lori there, but there's also like the, you know, her her daughter had to get a chance to live a normal life, and unfortunately, the thing her mom, her crazy mom, was always preparing her for, actually happened. She was the right. Worst nightmare comes true. Yeah, dude. There are some little details that I noticed about the character of of Karen, who who's played by uh, Judy, Judy Greer, Greer. Uh-huh. dude, who's one of those people that you say that name and you're like, that's familiar, but I don't think I know who that oh, is. Oh, she's in everything. She's in everything. Yeah. She's one mm-hmm. of those character actresses who's just been in so fucking many movies. Yeah, she's that great. You'd see her and be like, I know her from this. Then yeah. your buddy be like, No, I know her from this movie. Mm-hmm. Like. She's really fantastic. Yeah, she is. But I love some of the little details that they built into that character. Like, I noticed this time that on the night of Halloween, um, when all this shit goes down, she's wearing a Christmas sweater. Yeah, she doesn't care about Halloween. She she's has like, negative associations with yeah, the, the Like, whole she thing. reaches this time of year, and all she's ready to do is move on. But... Because her mom has talked about Halloween her whole life. Exactly. But she doesn't stop her daughter from celebrating Halloween. Yeah, she's kind of broken the cycle yeah, in that way. she's kind of broken that, that cycle. She has negative associations with Halloween and always will, but she's not going to force that on her daughter. 
yeah. because of what she's learned from her mom forcing that on her. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Lori, the three generations of these women, you've got Lori who went through this horrible trauma, very much passed it on to her daughter, Karen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Karen's relationship with her daughter. What's the, what's the daughter's name? Allison. Allison. Uh, Allison seems to not understand why Karen doesn't want to have anything to do with Lori. Because she's, yeah, she has not explained to her daughter any of the trauma she went through. That's, yeah. you know, we get her doing that after the dinner, explaining what she had to go through. Because she's, I guess, seeing her daughter is, you know, uh, like 17, 18 now. She's old enough to know the truth, especially now that she's trying to get her grandmother back into her life. She wants her to know, like, look... I understand your desire, but this is what the woman did to me, and this is why I don't want her in my life. Yeah. So you can get it, but then we also, like, like all of that does this great exposition job, and then it's right as shit is hitting the fan, too, because, like, that next morning, that night is when the bus crashes. Like the night after that dinner, after she shows up and drinks the, you know, the husband's wine or whatever, that, that night is when the bus crashes. So like we've established like all the, the negative, like family relationship stuff going on, but now we're showing how like all that stuff was actually important and now like the shit's hit the fan, the stuff that you went through that sucked a whole lot. Also, you need it. Now. Yeah. Good thing yeah. you're prepared. Yes. And it does come in handy. It does. And she does. A, I, I really love that scene where she's pretending like she doesn't to know what to do. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Because that that's like catnip to Michael Myers. Oh, yep. helpless. Well, good. I get to kill you. And then boom. Fucking gotcha. So fucking yeah. good, man. Yeah. That entire ending sequence, I think, is really, really fucking gripping and extremely good. Now, with the cast, with, you know, obviously we, we have, again, you know, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode. Uh-huh. We have Nick Castle reprising the role partially of yeah. Michael Myers and stuff. Uh, but our main role of, of Allison here is played by a relative unknown, yeah, kind Andy, of in the style of how Jamie Lee Curtis was in the original. Yeah. That's cool. And Andy Matichek, or Matichek. I don't know how to say it. Andy Matichek. She did. Yeah, she, she does a great job. Um, you know, she's 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 got that um, that carefree sort of feeling that uh, Lori had in the first one, where it's just like just average high school, uh, you know, senior intelligent enjoy- every girl. Yeah, just uh, a smart person enjoying their life. They got this, you know, friend who wants them to come do some naughtiness, uh, and they don't necessarily do that. Somehow avoid her smoking weed is there a moment where she smokes weed like jamie lee curtis did in the first one they talk about they talk it, about it and that one dude do. is smoking weed but i don't think she does huh yeah which is a little more final girl rules type of thing but not exactly what we got in 78 because uh-uh. jamie lee curtis did smoke weed that old wacky tobacco yeah so but yeah the the estab- the establishment of her as just normal and her friends as just normal and all being kind of completely detached from this thing that happened 40 years ago because it's been 40 years and they are teenagers and they have no point of reference for any of it Mm-mm. so they just don't care and they're even you know kind of you know flippant about it the what's his name N- not cam but the other guy oh yeah he's just yeah. like isn't, isn't it aren't they brother and sister and right. shit like that dave is his name yeah yeah, yeah he's they they do a good job there of like dispelling some of the ha- uh, halloween 2 stuff 
but also showing that like so many like rumors and things have gone around that it's it's really like not even a relevant story anymore now 40 years later it's yeah. it's something that you know uh lori thinks about constantly but now these teenagers who were born 20 years after the event and are you know barely even aware of the uh, <laughs> events of the world they can't they can't relate to it. They're just oh, living yeah. their carefree, carefree life. No, I mean, that's that's what's crazy about it is, again, kind of going back to, like, the true crime thing. It's very much like reading stories about, like, Dahmer and shit like that. Where right. You can read it and get invested in it and get fascinated by it like all of us do. And then forget that, like, this happened when I was, like, a little kid. Yeah. Like, a little baby kid. This was going on. Mm-hmm. And people that this affected are still alive and the, dealing with it right now. But that, you read the, it, and it's like a comic book. One of the cops that let uh, Dahmer take that uh, one guy back with him, yeah. isn't he like the chief of police now? Probably, that sounds right. Yeah, uh, those guys sure. got like cop of the year and shit. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> so like, yeah, the, these stories that seem so remote and detached, it shows us affecting real people yeah it shows us like the different perspectives too because you get the podcasters who are just like overly invested but like also we know why they're overly invested because there's money involved uh you got the teenagers who are just completely detached from it and then you got the actual victim who is still traumatized by it to this day yeah it's like all the different perspectives on on an event you know Mm -hmm. i mean fuck man like kate's kate's grandmother from germany oma yeah lived through world war ii yeah. It's so easy to look at those black and white movies and read these crazy fucking stories about the Nazis and Hitler and stuff, and it just it doesn't read like it's reality. Right. You know, it's easy to kind of fictionalize it mm-hmm. and detach yourself from it. And, and then be you're flipping like, about it and not yeah. even, like, care, really. And then you go and talk to some old person that was there. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck, wait, this is really fucking real. Right. <laughs> really, 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 really real and yeah. still affecting people that are alive now. Yep. I think that's kind of what this movie shines a light on, mm-hmm. especially in terms of like the the true crime stuff and all that. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And you know, like the the way that they mirror some of the things from the original. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, that I mean, I think that helps. It's it, not like Force Awakens level. No, no, at all. No, but it, it definitely like it, it's like a. It's like it's helping to close the the loop here where it's like she used to be scared and stalked by this man. Now she is in the position of being the stalker. Like yeah. we get the her falling off of the balcony and then vanishing. And then vanishing like yeah. he did in the first one. We her get, face in the shadow. Yeah, her appearing in face in the shadow. Yeah, like it's like a little corny, but it's still cool. It's real cool. It is because yeah. like it's also like I think you can watch Halloween 2018 without having seen any other Halloween movie and get it. Like Probably, if you were yeah. just a teenager who was like, let's go see a horror movie, and you saw this, you wouldn't be like, I didn't understand this movie because it, it it gives you all the information you need to understand it without having seen 78. But if you have seen 78, it's some nice little, like, nudges back to, like, remember this? Remember when he was in this position? Now she's that. She's the stalker. She's yeah. the killer. But it's not nearly as heavy-handed as, like I no. said, like Force Awakens or something like yeah. that, where it's like, let's just tell the same story again. Like, there's right. lots of <laughs> there's lots of little tips of the hats in this to the other movies in the franchise, yes. which, again, shows me that they're being respectful of people that enjoy those movies, people who, you know, 
maybe four, five, and six were like the movies they watched when they were teenagers in the theater and they fucking right. made out for the first time. Like these mm-hmm. these movies matter to some people sure. that are sitting here watching this. And so they, I think, were respectful about it and gave you, like, little nods. Yeah. You do have some goofy cops. You do have some goofy cops talking about the peanut butter and jelly bond me. Yeah. I don't know what that would be. Is that just peanut butter and jelly on a baguette? On, like, a baguette? I, I would guess so. Okay. Unless I mean, you got some cilantro and some fucking Yeah, that's what I was thinking. There. Is there going to be cilantro in there? <laughs> that could work. Maybe. Cilantro, cilantro jelly? I mean, with the peanut butter, I definitely get it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, peanut sauce kind of action. Hmm. Now I want to try that peanut butter bond me. Slice up some jalapenos uh-huh. and stuff on there. It might get real good to me. I can honestly. I'm kind of talking it. myself into it right now. I mean, uh, yeah. I want that now. I, I want. I, I want to know what was on it. Answer me now, Danny McBride. Yeah. Come on. I'll you owe it that. to us. You got some goofy cops. You got the kids in the Halloween three masks and stuff during that mm-hmm. Halloween scene. You've also got him bumping into the boombox kid just like he the did in part kid. two. Uh, when he gets ran over, it's kind of reminiscent Very of much the like part kid, two. Part two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, trainer, I think, gets run over in uh-huh. that one. Yeah, yeah. The you know they have the little callbacks to Lonnie from the first one because yeah, love it. Cam is Cam uh, Allison's boyfriend is Lonnie's son. Yeah. So the Lonnie we the get your ass out of here. That yeah, that dude. Lonnie is love the it. one they're talking about throughout. I love that. Yeah. And that's like some real like small town shit that just really reminds you like Haddonfield is a small town where people yeah. live their whole lives there and their kids live their whole lives mm-hmm. there and everybody intermarries. Your fucking friends' kids marry your kids and yeah. shit. It just kind of builds that small town kind of vibe. Yeah, it makes it it makes it feel more fleshed out and realistic. Yeah, yeah, I think so, man. One kind of conspicuous omission from the cast is I kind of figured Danielle Harris would be in here somewhere. She kind of did too. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, originally, Karen was Jamie, so uh, there was some potential for Danielle Harris to come back as as Jamie, as as Lori's daughter. But I think rightly the producers were probably thinking this could get real murky because then that makes you question whether or not the events of four and five happened and if they happened how does this tie in how does this tie in and then also danielle harris was in rob zombies one and two so it's like what you know who is what is who is this person just keeps showing up yeah is this annie brackett is this is this the the little girl from four and five or is this an unrelated jamie strode hmm so I can see why they chose not to go that I way. I get it. I I mean they brought PJ Souls back as the as the teacher Subtle, in that, man. that one scene. And, and again, that's a total reprisal yeah. of that was a little bit on the nose. It's a just little, like okay, slow though, zoom, fate. Jamie Lee Curtis is standing out there like though, a little on the nose. The original quote or the original like stuff about fate is about how fate's unavoidable, and this. Are, She's talking about Victor Frankel and talking about how we can learn from our past traumas and things and how we can learn through these terrible things that are happening to us. So this gives a little different edge on on what was being said before. But again, mirrors very much that exact scene. And then, you know, instead of looking out the window and seeing Michael Myers, she looks out the window and sees Laurie Strode, which again is that mirroring where they're putting Laurie in the Michael Myers position. And showing her as, like, this potential killer badass yeah. that she is. Interesting, man. And there's also other kind of role reversals that we have in here as well. Because initially, right. when you meet Sartain, you're like, oh, just as Jamie Lee Curtis says later in the, the movie. The new Loomis. You're the new Loomis. Yeah. 
which is like, okay, he's this intelligent doctor, British accent guy, obsessed with Myers. You're like, okay, this is just the Donald Pleasant stand-in. But Loomis was obsessed with killing Michael. Yeah, Loomis's obsession was that Michael is a monster that cannot be understood. He has to be destroyed. And Sartain is a fan. He's a big old fan. He's a huge fan of Michael Myers, and he wants to... He he really thinks he can come to understand what Michael feels when he commits murder. And, of course, the only way he can understand that is by letting Michael out to commit murder. So, he's a lot different than Loomis. Because <laughs> Loomis wanted Michael gone. Yeah. And S- uh, Sartain needs Michael. He wants Michael to be out in the world committing his crimes. Yeah, he wants to witness it, man. And I'll tell you, that part in the movie, whenever you know they run over Myers, mm-hmm. and then Sartain gets out and like puts the mask on. Yeah. First time we watched this in theaters, like my stomach fucking dropped, and I was like, oh, God, I hope that's not where this movie is going. That mm-hmm. now, like... He'll be Michael Myers. Yeah, like that would have been Dr. terrible. Dr. Myers. Like, I was like, oh, please don't do this to me. Yeah, it would have lost all the stakes at that point. Yeah, but then, yeah. you know, it just goes to show you, it's like, yeah, this uncaring fucking killing machine doesn't give a shit about Sartain. No. He doesn't think anything of him. And then he stomps the shit out stomps of him. Stomps is... So brutal. Uh, it is, like, the kills in this are so viscerally brutal they're not elaborate it is just it is it it is the idea of a person being there and being gone a second later yeah they are just dead it's just functional killing yep you know where it's it's not about the theatricality or something for the most part it is about just snuffing somebody out Yep. he wants to murder how about that like babysitter scene and stuff dude wow I mean, one, awesome. it's so fun that, like, they, they have the, like, fun, you know, the, what's, what's his name, the, the kid, Julian. Julian. Yeah, so Ju- Julian and, um, fuck. I think it's Vicky. Alice. Vicky. Oh, Vicky. Okay. Yeah. Julian and Vicky are just having their cute little back and forth and stuff, Talk and it really shit. does, like. It feels real. It's it great. feels real, and it makes you kind of forget the tension that was there just a little bit ago. We saw Michael just outside that house as Julian's parents were leaving. I believe that was Julian's parents we see when he goes up to the house next door mm-hmm. and goes like, you know, around and then comes and kills that lady. I think he then goes next door, which is where we're just having this sort of real relaxed conversation between her, uh, Julian and Vicky, and then Vicky and um, uh, Dave, her boyfriend, who's just being silly and stuff. And then... Yeah, it gets like, it, like it's it's interesting because he hides in the kid's closet. We've seen him kill a kid, like it already established. Like, oh yeah, Michael Myers kills kids. This is the fucking first person he kills in the movie is a child. Yeah, ugh, Woof. Jesus. And that that kid is great. The Kid's kid great. plays Lumpy. He did he did great. Um, but uh, Michael Myers is hiding in this closet, and it, it's like, why is he? doing that now why is he hiding in the closet now and i think he's getting back into the fun of killing yeah he's getting because he's had his like just quick kills and his brutal sort of like 
rip your teeth out kills, but like now he's back to toying with. Now he's back to fucking with them. Well, the thing is too that you know you could say might be a subtle homage, or it might be a like oh that's what kind of triggered him to become Mm -hmm. you know to get back into that zone again. Um, Vicky is her name, right? Yeah. The shirt that she is wearing looks like fucking Tommy's shirt from the original, yellow and white. Uh huh. That's a cool little yeah. It's a cool nod, subtle yeah. ass yeah. nod that I didn't catch the first time, man. Yeah, and and so yeah, he's doing he's doing the more like now he's he's being menacing. Yeah, and again, cat like in a way. Yeah, kind of toying with the prey. So he yeah he gets you know the Vicky kill and then he kills uh Adam not Adam fuck Dave Ugh, so many fucking names in this yeah he kills Dave <laughs> the same way he killed the boyfriend yeah uh, PJ Soul's boyfriend with the knife yeah through the, through the chest and stuff uh-huh. that's I mean that that is because he up to that point has like sort of breathlessly just been killing anyone he can like without getting caught and now he's he's fucking around he spends a lot of time in this house Lori and the the deputy show up at the house while he's still there because he spent so much time there. It it's then that he gets injured by Lori, and after that, like he's he toys with what's his name with the uh, Oscar, the yeah. guy. Like he's toying with him in that yard. Kind of friend zone, dude. Yeah, he gets just like much more cruel and menacing. Yeah. yeah, menacing. Like he's he's really playing with his food, kind of. One thing's for sure, though. He ain't touching our man fucking Julian. No. That guy, man, (laughs) that little fucking kid, I think could whittle away from any fucking serial killer. Uh That kid rules. Yeah. That kid understands the horror tropes and how to get the fuck away from them. Yeah, he immediately gets the hell out of there. He's gone. Yep. It's awesome. That kid is hilarious. Yeah. They They have such a, like... The the bits with Vicky, again, I think it just does such a good job there of, like, he has been killing, killing, rampage killing, and now we're slowing it down. Now we're bringing it back down to sort of, like, a little more of the original Halloween speed where he's he's not got a victim every couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's, yeah, he's getting more back into his comfort zone. And then, yeah, now he starts the, once he gets past Oscar, he starts the actual... Like, I guess I'm going to get the granddaughter and the daughter and, and, and Lori all now. I, I see, it seems like he knows that she is the daughter. Allison is the daughter, right? Like, he seems to know that. I think so. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Is yeah. he chasing them? It seems like that's what's happening is when he comes across Oscar and her. But maybe that's just coincidence. Because... Now they think about it, like, he kills Oscar, then kind of, you know, is somewhat in pursuit of her. She gets away. Then she gets picked up by the deputy who then picks him up. It seems like a lot of their interactions are coincidental. Yeah. and that Fate. Yeah. Maybe he's just after Lori and just keeps running into Alice. Because ultimately him getting hit by the car yeah, is what brings him to Lori's house. Yeah. Which is, again, yeah, fate. Fate brought them together, man. <laughs> I mean, really, at the end of the day... That is it, yeah. Kind of did. Yeah. Which is kind of fucking cool. It is, it is. Yeah, Oscar, another, like, kind of shitty male archetype that kind of gets his comeuppance in here. Well, I mean, he's not overly shitty. He drunkenly tries to kiss someone who he misinterpreted as maybe being interested in him. I got the impression that all of his 
you know, niceties and stuff to her, to her up to that point were just yeah. a way to get close to her. Yeah, yeah. That's so, the impression I had anyway. Yeah, so he, he kind of gets taken down. The boyfriend doesn't. True. Now, I, I was, okay, so he that's... kind of just get away with it, huh? The dance scene, okay. I, I get that she saw from across the room someone kiss her boyfriend, but it was really clear that that person kissed her boyfriend and her boyfriend was not interested in it. But then I think that her exasperation was with him being obviously drunk. That's what kind of drove her. I, I think, like, maybe he doesn't get so much of a comeuppance because he didn't do anything. But I don't know that the movie cares much about anyone doing anything to get murdered. Because so many people just get killed because they're in the path of destruction. There's not that 80s, like, you smoke pot or had sex, right. you die now, kind right. of stupid morality. Yeah, so I, th- I think maybe Oscar's death, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be justified. He shouldn't have drunkenly tried to kiss uh, 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 someone who obviously wasn't interested in him. Or at the very least could have had the conversation, like, hey, I like you. Instead of trying to kiss. Maybe. Maybe. To start. Maybe don't assault people. Maybe that. Yeah. <laughs> now, about that dance, tell me more about these high school dances and their bowls of pudding. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so, yeah. The, <laughs> we had to get rid of the cell phone somehow. That's and this the is thing. the least elegant solution, I feel like. Drunk there, boyfriend throws it okay. into pudding. Yeah, there's a few of those times in this movie that, mm. again, even though I love this movie, there are a few times in here where I'm like, there was a more elegant way to get to that end result. Sure. Um, yeah, him throwing her phone into a bowl of pudding. It was seriously a punch bowl with a ladle full of yeah, pudding. Yeah, I, I was trying to figure that out. Like, what What do you do with that? <laughs> you kids want punch? Well, this isn't it. <laughs> this kids is pudding. love pudding. Maybe this is us being old, and we just don't know. Yeah, that's that, what like, the kids do now. Dude, the kids punch just bowl do full of pudding. pudding. They call it a pudding bowl. They do. That's their thing. <laughs> I mean, you know. Fucking, you've heard of key parties. Kids these days, parties? they fucking, everybody puts their cell phone to a bowl of pudding, and whoever's <laughs> phone you pull out, that's who you're hooking up with and doing Zans. All right. Yeah, that is what the kids love. They and, love to uh, do the Zans. While listening to Billy Eyelash. Oh, Billy Eyelash. Uh-huh. Yep. William mm-hmm. Eyelash. That's what the kids are into these days, I hear. Yeah, like, it does they could fun. They do. You know what? Yeah. I like Billy Eyelash. I like, I like Billy Eyelash. I like pudding. Pudding can be okay. What? Right. You know, eh. I want to chew on something. Let me oh. bite it. Let me bite it. You ever it. heard of tapioca pudding? Oh, there's a little, little bit of chew on that and thing, A little huh? bit of chew. A little bit, little bit of bite to that thing. Yeah, like, she could have left the party, uh, and he's, you know, calling her fucking 200 times in an hour, yeah. and it just kills her phone battery. Yeah, because, like... That would have worked. I mean, I guess to get rid of the phone, you needed something... You needed something to happen, but I guess, like, the idea that she, she would drop it and it would break or something maybe wouldn't it's just, be enough. It's easy, you know? It is easy, though. Like, I don't I don't know how much... Yeah, I, I don't know how you could do it extremely elegantly other than, you know, what you're saying. Like, maybe just show that she's bad at charging her phone or something. Like, because they had to do the show that he's frustrated that she keeps answering her phone. So you had to lead something up to it. Why not just have her look at her phone and the battery up in the corner is like, 
15%. She's checking her Bitcoins. Maybe she loves her Bitcoins. Maybe she's into Dogecoin. She's got to feed her Tamagotch. <laughs> That's Who what doesn't? she's doing. I mean, listen, if you're at a party and your Tamagotch is, is hungry, you got to do it. what you got to do. You know? Mm-hmm. So maybe that tower phone could have died. That's fine. There's other little things in there where I'm like, okay, them driving away from the burning you yeah, know, house that's... with Mike Myers in the basement. Like, dude, after Lori has spent literally her entire life preparing for destroying Michael Myers, leave. she would not leave. She wouldn't fucking mm-hmm. leave. Like, nope. the house is on fire, and they're yeah. like, oh, uh, let's hitchhike in the truck. Bye. Bye. And it's like, man, that's. That's not really how that would go down. She would want to be there yeah. watching that motherfucker be turned into ash. Yeah. There's no way that she would leave. Unless. Unless. There's some options. Again, elegant solutions. Uh-huh. Maybe she got some fucking, you know, life-threatening injury while she was fighting Michael. Mm-hmm. And she bled out so much that she passed out. So her daughter and her granddaughter got her into a truck to take her to the hospital. Dude. Against, against what she would have done, but... They're making the decision. They're not in the PTSD. It would make more sense. Yeah. And she wakes up and she's like, where the fuck am I? Sure. Did the house burn down? That we don't know. That could be the we very beginning you. of Halloween Kills instead Perfect. of, yeah. Perfect. I mean, dude, like imagine you have the three generations of women there standing in front of the burning ass house mm-hmm. and you're like, victory. And then Jamie Lee Curtis, like clutching her side or something, just drops. Yeah. That'd be like, great... fuck. Yeah. And then they have to take her away. That's fine. That yeah. totally works. Or... It could even be a moment of like familial re you know reconstruction where yeah, like maybe your granddaughter gets injured. Maybe she has a, a terrible injury yep. and they're just like shit like I'm so torn between watching Michael Myers get turned into ash. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, my granddaughter's gonna die if we don't get her out of here right and now. Then there's some progress there and she makes the decision to go with her granddaughter. That's to her make leaving sure. her past yeah. behind. Mm-hmm. Like that could be a cool way yeah. to get around that too. I just don't see Laurie Strode being like, eh, it's probably fine. I don't either. I think, because, like, John Carpenter, I, I know at one point, was under the impression this would be the final Halloween movie. And if you're thinking of it as this will be the final Halloween movie, then you don't you don't have to show her standing there at the building until it burns to the ground, even though that is exactly what she would do, because you're just saying this is the end. It's over. But, of course, they weren't thinking that. They were thinking, well, how can we get some sequels out of this? Yeah. So, like... Let's make sure he doesn't sh- for sure die. Exactly. So, but, th- again, there could have been a more elegant way to do that. It, and it would have worked better. It would have been more convincing as to, like, Lori's character and stuff. Because from the previews, it shows her in a hospital in the next one. So, we know that she, she does go there. to the hospital. Yeah. So, if that's the reasoning, it's... Way better than just like, eh, I'll walk away. My my 40-year villain, eh, whatever. He's probably dead. Yeah. We've, eh. been, we've been rivals wanting to kill each other for four decades now, but I guess he's dead. Probably fine. <laughs> Let's go. I'm hungry. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think those are two detriments to the story that could have been fixed. And there's a couple Pretty other easily, like think. little things in the movie that I think are are corny. Sure. Um honestly our our very kind of opening scene there where we have the podcasters going to right. the to the um uh what's it called Smith's the Grove. Asylum, yeah. Uh-huh. And you know all of these like lunatics out here on this big checkerboard field. Yeah. And they're all like crazy ridiculous like I have a parasol and I sing Figaro. Yeah. And, like it, 
These are like fucking 1960s ideas of what lunatics were. <laughs> if you're in an asylum, you're wackadoo it's crazy. basically like Arkham Asylum. Yeah, <laughs> it's dude. It's just a bunch of like over-the-top like ideas of what mental illness looks like it doesn't look like that no i sometimes i i assume there's some uh you know moments that could be like that but it just seems like this is playing off of stereotypes stereotypes yeah rather than trying to mimic you know an actual perhaps chaotic scene in an asylum mm-hmm. it, but again i think it it's meant to establish a tone, but it, it, as you know, as you're saying, it's over the top. And the movie itself isn't over the top. It's actually really subdued, yeah, and much more like practical about the kills and stuff. And everything seems more like to to work in a, in a linear fashion that just seems very normal and day to day. And so the opening being this real over the top sort of operatic opening, yeah. Like, yeah, why? But again, maybe that's also kind of the perspective of the podcasters where they're not looking at point. these, yeah. at these, you know, monsters as even being like people. They are these exaggerated lunatic types. Right. Like, that's how they would recount what happened yeah. at Smith's Grove. Whereas maybe, yeah, maybe we're getting an unreliable narrative there. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. But, but then it's like, it's weird because considering how considerate. The movie is about, again, you know, final girls, victims of PTSD, right. victims of violent attacks and stuff. That just seems a little, like, weird. Yes. Tone-wise to me. Yeah. also think that, like, okay, there's some things in here that are, like, references to the OG that are subtle, that are uh-huh. good. Like, where the cops are talking about the babysitter murder cases. Right. That's Which, cool, because yeah. that's the original name original of Halloween. Title, the babysitter murder. Also, yep. if this happened in real life, that's probably what they would call it. Yeah. They wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't be like... Y'all remember Halloween? Ah, yes, when all those babysitters got murdered. <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> but then you've got like stuff like, I think shoehorning in, especially in that very emotional moment with Jamie Lee Curtis where she's talking about seeing Michael getting transported on the bus and stuff. She's like, yeah. I saw the shape. Oh, yeah. Like, eh, you didn't have to say that. Yeah. I mean, because that, that is a reference to the way he was the credits. credited. Yeah, not even anything anyone ever said. <laughs> Like there's there's no way she would call her attacker the shape. Yeah, she she calls him Michael all the time. Yeah, I saw Michael Myers. Yes. Is more like what she would say. I saw him. Like I think that little inclusion of yeah, using the term the shape was like yeah. pretty heavy handed. Yeah, me too. That kind of took me out for a second. But other than that, it's like I don't really have all that nah. many complaints. Like one of my favorite things about this movie is just how wonderfully fucking Halloweeny it looks. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, the original objectively doesn't look Halloweeny at all. It's filmed in fucking no, Southern in California. Yeah. And it does, you know, the, the leaves are not brown yeah. unless they've been painted brown. Right. And it doesn't really look that Halloweeny to yeah. you when you go back and watch it again. But, you know, you compare it to, like, a movie like, like Trick or Treat. Again, every, every fucking frame in Trick yes. or Treat looks like Halloween. Yes. That, I, Trick or Treat's a good comparison for the way this looks because it, it brings in the color palette of Halloween. Now, it is shot in Charleston, South Carolina in January, which... Really? Yeah, is, again, <laughs> not fall. But uh-uh. it, I think they did such a good job of every time they're outside during the halloween bit like everything's so perfectly shaded 
that explains too though why so many of the extras in the background were doing the Charleston and eating Charleston chews. and eating Charleston chews. Uh huh. Like I was like, what is up with this town and these Charleston chews? Is it because it's Halloween? It's candy season. It also nope, explains why. In the background, you can see the daughters of the Confederacy saying the South will rise again. Dude, I was really wondering about that. Like, is that an Easter egg? I was like, that is an offensive Halloween costume. Yes, it is. That is not <laughs> aging well whatsoever. I love the city of Charleston. Boy, a lot of their history is terrible. Welcome to America. Yep. You know. Eh, Jesus. It's true. But yeah, it's just got a really wonderful Halloween tone to it, man. Yeah, like I, I, I really do see myself watching the original and this. Yeah, as a back as, to back every year. Yeah, it's a good like it is it is something that like gets lost so much and if you want to sit down and watch the Halloween franchise, it's like you can't really. Like there's no way to watch the entirety of it th- that makes sense. Like you can watch one and two and then four, five, and six, and be like, okay, there's there's that storyline, but then you also have the other lines that are, un- and like, do you go back and rewatch one to watch uh, Halloween H two O? Like, what, it's getting confusing like, fast. Yeah, so there, there's always going to be that terrible disconnect, but you really can just watch because I I did you know rewatch Halloween 78 and then watch this just to remind myself of how well they connect and that that works perfectly well yeah. as like a sequel set. What do you think you want out of these next two Halloween movies? I mean yeah. now now that this this movie has been out and it has landed and it has stood the test of, you know, 3 years worth of right. watching and I'm still like, yeah, I like yeah, this. I like it. This mm-hmm. did a good thing. Mhm. The more that, you know, I get comfortable with this movie, the less I know what I want out of the next two. Yeah. That I don't know. Kind of, okay, so I think from just, you know, the, the previews, and I, I've only watched the first preview, um, I feel like they're going to do some Halloween 2 stuff. Some of that, like, in a hospital, in a hospital horror stuff, movie yeah. that is, like, good. Like, that that can be done really well. Uh but I do hope that it leaves the hospital, that it gets out into the rest of Haddonfield. Please. Because part of part of the Halloween feel is feeling the neighborhood, being a part of this like community. Yeah. And that's one of the major problem, problems with the original Halloween, too, is that it takes us out of Haddonfield and just puts us in this in building. In a hospital. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like the layout of the Haddonfield neighborhood and the you know, the close locations of all these babysitters babysitting these uh-huh. kids and their proximities to each other is something that you got a real like geographic feel for yeah. seeing Myers walk from house to house and stuff. Yeah. Kind of like spelled out the layout of the neighborhood to you and two completely lost that. So hopefully Halloween kills. Yeah. Doesn't suffer the same fate. I did end up seeing the second trailer for it. Yeah. Uh, before saints of Newark that we watched the other day, I had totally written off watching trailer two because I was like, man, trailer one already showed feels like it showed yeah. so much. Uh, I was like, I don't want to watch the second trailer and have more ruined for me. Mm. I think actually the second trailer that I watched, and I won't spoil it for you. Okay. I think it's kind of got me a little bit more excited about it. All right. Maybe I should check it out then. I I don't know. I don't know if you have to. (laughs) Honestly, it's one of those things that's just like, okay, I'm getting a little bit more of an idea of what all they're pulling in and what they're also pulling from the first movie Mm -hmm. to bring back to this. I'm like, okay, 
all right, I'm on board for some of this stuff if okay. it's done right. So I hope they do it well, but honestly, I don't know what I want them to do. Yeah, I don't either. I like I'd like I'd like them to continue doing what they're doing basically. Like, you know, give us more of of the thought process that created a really good sequel to the original. Yeah. And you know, hopefully it's not just, you know, fully rushed. I I mean, you know, obviously David Gordon Green and and uh, uh Danny McBride had, you know, 30 something years to imagine what they might do for a sequel to Halloween and now they've had a couple years to come up with a sequel to that. Yeah. So hopefully there was a lot of thought put into what if we do have to do sequels, what would that story look like and like that it'll all just keep a similar tone and, and feel like a continuation of the original in, in this sequel. I hope so. Yeah. I hope it continues that same reverence for the original material and those characters and what they went through and how it would shape them in their lives after the events of Halloween yeah. 78. Cause dude, I'll tell you, like I think that this is one of the best slashers in a while, this side of the millennium. Yeah. Like, I'm just trying to think of other, like, straightforward slashers. Yeah. You know? Masked killer, picking people off one by one. We've had a few in the past decade or so. Like, a, a few sort of, you know, like, Hatchet. Terrifier. Terrifier. Those have a different tone, though. Hatchet, Hatchet is a love letter to slashers. Very much. It's not trying to be overly serious it is really kind of focused on the brutality of the kills yeah and being stupid and being yeah and being kind of dumb uh terrifier also is just gore it's yeah. very gore but it's very jokey i mean I, you know i'm not dissing them for that i'm saying that they don't fit the type of slasher we're talking about they fit more into the, like the late uh, Friday the Thirteenth and late yeah. uh, Elm Street sequels, where it's like they Hack kind of slash, yeah. yeah, they kind of understand why you're there to see them, and they're giving you some fan service, and the stories don't have to be don't overly really complicated or really give you too much emotion or anything. Yeah, I love a slasher, and I think this is one of the best ones I that think so. we've seen in a very yeah. fucking long time, man. I've got very few complaints about this. I think yeah. the humor and stuff was very well paced, uh, and not awkwardly laid in the soundtrack stuff holy fuck yeah soundtrack stuff is fucking awesome dude yeah john carpenter his son and uh the, uh, the other partner his that they work with sometimes i can't remember what his name is oh, not, not alan fuck. howarth uh, that's somebody, what i was thinking yeah of. yeah, yeah somebody else guy. i can't remember but anyway yeah i think the soundtrack is sick now there's a few themes in here that are very obviously you know slight updates of the original themes yeah but there's even some like background music and stuff that is just kind of taking some of the intervals and things that were used in like Laurie's theme and some other pieces of the mm-hmm. original Halloween score and kind of reinterpreting them in a different way. Yeah. It's really subtle and really clever stuff. And I don't even know how many people probably noticed it, but I heard some of those like descending minor nine chords and I was like, Oh God, it's kind of like Laurie's theme. This is so fucking cool, but that's, it's subtle. I think that's, something that stood out to me about this is that it is a carpenter score but it's i would say it's maybe not a carpenter mix because carpenters he loves his scores and they're loud they're loud and yeah. they show up and oh, you yeah. know they're there this is and that's quite one a of, bit more subtle yeah that's one of the things we love about carpenter but that in this yeah it's much more subtle it's much more integrated it, it doesn't stand out as much 
as as a normal carpenter score does which great i mean it, it works with the tone better i think you know that's one of the things i love about the original halloween but also one of the things you can look back on and go like whoa that score is way high up in the mix a yeah, lot of it's the time. very there yeah <laughs> yeah so i i like i like what he did and i you know i i think maybe you know 40 years of, of thinking about it made him think like yeah i'd pull that score back a little bit maybe <laughs> yeah you know maybe not make that the main attraction dude yeah love it yeah i I, I really really do i i can't think of a whole lot of other complaints that i have about Mm -hmm. this flick i'm very fucking excited to watch kills yeah and i'm excited to watch this again i mean even though i just watched it it, Mm -hmm. i mean if i have time to watch it again along with the original halloween before i watch halloween kills i I probably will and i'll enjoy it it. super well paced likable characters hour 45 doesn't really feel too long i mean the Mm -hmm. original the first cut was two hours and 15 minutes and i'm glad we got the hour 45 i'd like to see what the two hour 15 minutes extra half hour really yeah i'd like to see what that looks like huh but i think an hour 45 is perfect for us we don't have that cut floating around somewhere i i'm sure that they'll have it out at some point it'll be one of those like you know get Get the three disc set with the extended edition. With the Happy Meal. With the Happy Meal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we'll find out one day, man. You got any final uh, thoughts, ratings? Uh, yeah, was, uh, the final thoughts. Um, yeah, I really enjoy this movie. I think it is the best sequel in yep. all of all of Halloween. It. Um, I don't have any other complaints about it than the things we've talked about. I think the casting is great. I think that um I you know the way that it all plays out uh it does such a good job of bringing in new fans while also showing respect to the fans that have cared about the franchise along the way. That's true. I, I don't think a, a fan of the original that saw it in theaters would be totally put off by this yeah, movie and be exactly. like I don't understand what kids are into these days. Right. <laughs> they would see this and be like, "Oh, cool. A a good slasher." Uh, and that's what this is. It's a good slasher and a good follow-up to a great slasher. Yeah. So we get two great slashers out of it. Um, I got, you know, it, it's hard for me to put a a, a score on it because uh, I'm thinking nine, nine and a half. But I don't know. Nine. Nine if. Nine if. Yeah. Somewhere around there. I'm going to go with the, uh, the the German rating here. Nine. Nine? I'm going to give that a nine. You're giving it a nine? A nine. <laughs> if the original is a ten. I mean, 78 yes. is a ten yeah. to me. 78 is a ten. Yeah, I think this is about a nine. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, seriously, just some slight adjustments could have made it a, a yeah. perfect movie. Again, just some more elegant ways to get to some of those solutions, yeah. eliminating some of the corniness in some of those yeah. parts. I think and maybe Sartain, awesome. Sartain's turn, like... I fast. think I think it's fast. It is telegraphed that he is just this huge like fanboy, but it does just kind of come out of nowhere, which is maybe what it's meant to do to be a surprise. It makes it fun the second time around though, where yeah. like when you watch it and you're like, he brings in these podcasters and lets dude step one toe over the line yeah. and scream at Mike Myers. Yeah. It's you're obvious like, he's got he's just some wanting, agenda. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, he just wanted to watch this guy get fucking smoked. Yep. He wants to see Myers eat. Yep. By the way, do you think he crashed the bus? Yes. That's what I was thinking this time is that it's obvious he must have crashed the bus because they would have had Michael chained up. Yeah. I bet right? he crashed the bus and I'm like the only Michael. survivor. Yeah. 
It seems that way, right? You know, I mean, there's a couple well, of well, I mean, you know, no, like a lot, of, yeah, a lot of the people get out, but the bus driver is dead, right? Yeah. Well, he's not dead, but he tells the kid to run. He is dying. Yeah, and, and Michael didn't hurt Sartain, huh? But Michael would have. Maybe you know what? I didn't even I don't really know. think this out that much. I should have thought out that bus crash. Like, what did happen there? They never. I'm really glad they didn't show it. Honestly, it's kind of cool yeah. that they didn't. You know, it kind of leaves it open. Yeah, yeah. So nine for me. I think it's a fucking great movie. I hope you guys enjoy it too. Let yep. us know what you think about it over on that Facebook page. Uh-huh, Facebook.com forward slash Dead and Lovely Pod. That's right. That is after you rate and review on Apple Podcasts. The only place where podcast reviews matter. It's true. Really does help us out a ton. We got a couple new ones that popped up there recently mm-hmm. that have been pretty fucking funny. Awesome. Some funny ones on there. Uh, people want us to sing more. Oh, good. Yeah. People love when we sing, especially yeah. Paula Cole. Oh, man. Maybe we give them next time. We'll give them, um, let's give them a little bit more deeper cut. Maybe a little. A son came home to her favorite room. <laughs> Little Sonny came home. Sonny came home, yeah. Who did that song? That's not Paul Cole. No, uh, no. I can't remember who that is. Though. Damn, what is her name? We'll find out. He said, <laughs> did that chorus have lyrics? No, it was just. <laughs> yeah. So now we've given him uh, a reason to give us a good review. Over oh, yeah, the, absolutely. The podcast. So we gave you some more singing. So go ahead and do that. Support us on Patreon as well. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. We got a What We Do in the Shadows episode up for anybody on any level of Woo. the Patreon. Uh, if you become a $5 patron, you get to throw a movie to the smoking bowl. Then we draw from that smoking bowl and we review the movie that we draw out of that smoking bowl. That's what we do. We do it once a month. It is known. It is known. We've done it so for a fucking hundred years now. A couple hundred years. Uh huh. Oh my gosh. Are we ghosts? Yes. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Affirmative. Oh, okay. What a twist. I know, right? Shyamalan. Yeah. Unexpected. Now, next week on the show, to continue our October Halloween spree, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking spree. about The Witches. The Witches. Yeah, the, the first one, not the more recent one. I heard that more recent one's not good, but I'll probably watch it, too. I'd say watch it. I, 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 don't th- I wouldn't say it's not good. It is not as good as the original and the cgi is bleh. shocker yeah okay well, we'll find out about that next time this is a beloved family classic we watch this in like fucking every yeah yeah every this, is a, this is an october movie it's funny you can't know we're talking about this the other day but it's like because we watch horror movies all the fucking time anyway whenever halloween rolls around we just want to watch like halloween like fucking kids movies yeah yeah i'm the same i i feel like I feel like I'd rather watch like The Witches or you know Hocus Pocus, Pocus or you know any of those types of movies around this time. Even Halloween Town or uh, you know, Mr. Boogity's terrible, <laughs> but it is one of those that people love around this time of year. Right? Yeah, that's the kind of stuff I want to watch. Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh, dude, that's come a great on, one. bring yeah. it on. Yeah, so we'll definitely be getting into some of those Halloween classics there by next week, as well as digging into The Witches. So you guys be sure to tune in then. And check out our thoughts on this beloved classic of yesteryear. Roll dolls, the bitches. The bitches, man. All right. Well, it's been fun hanging out with you guys, drinking a co beard and stuff. We'll catch you guys next time. Hope everybody's having a good old happy Halloween season. We'll catch you guys next time. I've been Uncle Ben. I've been Hollywood Steve. We've been dead and lovely. ASMR edition. <laughs>
Oh, get your damn fingernails off that fucking thing. Get out of here. Bye. Bye. I was thinking the other day about Jesse Ventura uh-huh. in Predator talking about the whole, like, this stuff will make you into a sexual Tyrannosaurus. Right, uh-huh. I got thinking to myself about what a sexual Tyrannosaurus might be like. Okay. Like, imagine if you're fucking, you're running around damn Isla Nublar there on Jurassic Park uh-huh. and you're a big old rustling in the trees behind you. Yeah. And first things first, you're like, holy shit. It's like a fucking 30-foot tall T-Rex. Mm-hmm. And then that thing starts coming at you. It's got a huge boner. Just what the hell's that? <laughs> I would run like hell. <laughs> I'd run like hell. You know, I read, this is just unrelated to this, I read very recently that uh, di- if some dinosaurs did have genitalia, like something like it. I like to think so, yeah. But it wasn't very Dino big. dong. It wasn't big. So it, even if it was a big, big dinosaur, you'd have a little big dingly thing. But here's the thing. The T-Rex having his short little arms, that thing would be horny and angry because it can't even fucking jerk off or nothing. <laughs> so you'd see that big boner and you'd be like, I know where that's going. In me. I got to get out. I got to R-U-N-N-O-F-T. Yes. And I would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what you could do is just get into a cave. Because, I mean, it's got that big ass dumb head and tiny little arms. True, what's, what's it going to do? do anyway, huh? Just like stand there and i don't know maybe at that point it would be like no no come on come on out we're gonna have dinosaur sex it's gonna be hot maybe it fucks the cave (laughs) it could happen either way i don't want no part of a fucking (laughs) sexual tyrannosaurus anywhere in my life just hiding in a cave from a tyrannosaurus it starts fucking the cave and just floods you out with cum <laughs> dino geas i'm i'm drowning in dino dna <laughs> you might say to yourself from this sexual tyrannosaurus sexual tyrannosaurus <laughs> i don't want no part of that Jesse. no not at I don't all want no part of that not at all <laughs> jesus